What is up, you two? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. The Buck and I will be taking you all the way until 10 a.m. We've got a lot to get into. We'll talk more Texas, Wyoming as the Vegas line continues to creep in the Longhorns' favor after the big win in Tuscaloosa last Saturday night. We'll talk about that. We also have an updated Heisman watch from the Buck himself. Aaron Rodgers has made an announcement in regards to his future. We'll talk a little Major League Baseball. And, of course, we'll start to preview the college and NFL football weekend that we have on deck. Good morning, Buck. Good morning, BK. How are you this morning, my man? Got to give you some love, my man. What? Is it wet somewhere? It's wet somewhere. Okay. But it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> no, nothing to do with you at all. It no. has, I guess, a little to do with you. Remember, number two in charge. Yes. You accurately predicted rain. You said we would get some on Thursday. And we got some overnight Wednesday leading into Thursday. Yes, we so did. I tip my cap to you. I'm gonna start calling you Rain Man. Oh no, no, no. What do you no, mean? I no, I don't want that. That's that's okay. Just I'm just uh, just a very happy, satisfied professional meteorologist. That's all. I'm not a guesser. I'm just a weatherman. No, oh. we're not Rain Man. Just weatherman. Oh, yeah. Because I'll let you once again. I'll let you know. When winter starts, you're trying to put a date on winter, like December 21st, you and your other friends out there. I'll let you know when winter comes. Okay. Just, just count on me. Grant says, good morning, fellas. It rained Bucky, the weatherman. Thank you very, very much, Grant. I do appreciate that. And now I needed it from his Dr. Trey. Once he comes, as a matter of fact, as I talked to him yesterday, it was pouring down upon he and his family as they were driving yesterday. Still, he would not give me any credit. He still says I'm only about 50% like the rest. Of he said I'm, I'm, I'm 50%, but that's a bunch better than the rest. I've yeah. got to believe. Yeah, you're not batting a 1,000, but uh, it does feel like you've been more accurate than the weather guessers in recent weeks. So congratulations, Rain Man. That's yes. what we're calling you now. You've got the mental capacity of Rain Man, and you're accurately predicting occasionally when we're yeah. going to get some rain. It's all in my relaxed, the back of my back for sure, and it's – and it was humming yesterday. And I, I, as I told you, on, on, as we were leading up into this, and it happened on Wednesday, and then it happened again on Thursday, my back was, it was sore as can be. I was sitting in my relaxed back, of course, watching TV. I couldn't even lay on the couch, BK. I couldn't even get sideways on the couch and enjoy watching some, uh, you know, some TV yesterday. I had to sit, actually sit in the chair. That's how my back was going. So I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, and it, and it did. All over Oak Hill and all over Dripping Springs and Leander and everywhere in, in between. And I think everybody's pretty happy. And that's the kind of rain we needed. We needed that. We didn't need not a downpour. We just needed a little constant rain. And we got some. I got it kind of straight through the night, just drizzle here. So I'm excited. Believe me, my gardens are excited. So mm. I hope everybody enjoy this. Fill up some of the wells around the, the area for pe people that are still doing a little bit of farming. Hopefully that. That helps a lot. But what we needed is the upper level. We needed, you know, we needed up there, um, Horseshoe Bay area. We need some rain up there 
in the upper regions there. You notice how I said upper regions? You got that? Ah. That's in my lingo. You wouldn't understand the upper regions. Yeah, the but upper you're... deck where the real fans sit. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> the upper deck. Yeah, I know what you're thinking about when you say upper regions. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. We do appreciate it. And to all you soldiers all over this world, thank you for what you do for us. It is appreciated very, very much. Be safe out there. Absolutely. Hey, before we dive into the sports today, and we'll talk about what Urban Meyer had to say about the Texas Longhorns, because he ruffled some feathers with uh, some comments he made earlier this week following the Longhorns' big win over Alabama. Uh, Today, Buck, is the anniversary of one of the worst days of my life and a really – Tragic day for a lot of folks in our industry and a lot of folks here in Central Texas. Uh, Six years ago today, our buddy Sean Adams tragically passed away at the age of 46. It was very sudden. It was very unexpected. Uh, I still remember exactly where I was when I got the call from Trey, actually. He was the guy who uh, told me the news. I was in California on a beach getting ready for the Texas-USC game. It was that weekend, and I had gotten out there a day or two early to hang out with a few friends, and uh, it was like right after I graduated college, it was a big college reunion. I had a bunch of buddies going out there, and I just it almost felt cathartic, right? I had a little free time. Um, I, I, I was staying at my buddy's place. He was about a 50-minute walk to the beach. My buddy had to work that day, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go on the beach and chill and relax for a little bit, and I got the call, and I started balling out there, man. Um, Sean's a guy who meant a lot to me. I know he meant a lot to you, and he meant a lot to a lot of people in Central Texas and all throughout the state of Texas. So uh, rest in peace. I still miss him dearly every day. I've got my Create Chaos shirt. This was shirts that uh, we made. It was my first full-time job in this business was producing the bottom line with Sean and our guy Chip Brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, those guys gave me my first real big break in this business. And uh, that was the first show I, I got to work on full time. And uh, I'm forever grateful to Chip for that. I'm obviously forever grateful uh, for Sean for that as well. But an amazing colleague, obviously an admired talent and a, a, a very respected member of uh, of the Austin community and uh, a guy who I miss every day and a guy who we all lost way too soon. Buck. Yeah, I got a chance to spend some time with him. Uh, before he passed away, as a matter of fact, uh, I, he, I had uh, he took got a ride for me after the the um, Big Twelve Media Day. So we spent about four hours in the car just talking about everything but sports. We talked a little bit about life and kids and growing up. You know, I didn't know Sean all that well, so I got a chance to have a nice long car ride with him from from um, Arlington, Texas, back to Austin. And boy, we talked an awful lot, and I found out an awful lot about him in such a short period of time. And wasn't long after I had that that car ride that he passed away. So I miss him. I miss just just talking stuff with him. You know, what I mean, just talking stuff. Yeah. More so than talking sports. So I, I do miss him for that. And I know how much he meant to you and to a lot of other folks out there. And you know, to his family, I know how much they must miss him too. His kids and his and his wife, how much they must miss him also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he could talk sports with the best of them, but man, he could talk life and oh, he pop could, culture. You know? like nobody else. And uh, yeah, no, I I miss him every day. So still thinking of him, always thinking of his family and uh, yeah, six years, man. It's, it's crazy that it's, uh, that it's been that long. And I still remember his memorial service, man. That place was packed. Oh yeah. 
to talk about upper regions. That place was packed to the upper regions. Uh, so many folks there. And it was just a testament to uh, how many lives Sean was able to impact during his time on this earth that uh, unfortunately was way too short. So uh, rest in peace, Sean. Miss you every day, brother. And uh, I know our paths will, will cross soon. All right, Buck. Texas getting a lot of buzz. Yes. Following their huge win in Tuscaloosa this past Saturday. I know folks want to talk about Wyoming, and we'll talk plenty of Wyoming on today's show. And obviously, we hope the mindset in the locker room has been all about Wyoming and not about reminiscing on what took place now five days ago. But Urban Meyer, yes, that Urban Meyer recently did an episode of his podcast, Urban's Take with Tim May, and he dropped this quote about the fourth-ranked Texas Longhorns. He said, quote, top to bottom, Texas is, I think, the best team in the country. I thought that going into the season, if they stayed healthy and if they just figured out some things, Texas, you can't go back and say Texas hasn't had players. That's nonsense. There was something wrong, and whatever was wrong seemed to be figured out. And, quote, he also added about the win over Alabama, quote, they were really well coached. They beat Alabama. It was one of the few games I really got to watch. Alabama tried to keep it close, but it really wasn't close, end quote. So Urban Meyer, look, say what you will about him off the field. I'll say it. He sucks, but he is one of the best college football coaches in history. He's heaping a lot of praise on the Longhorns. He was pretty optimistic about Texas going into the season. Yes, he was. He's saying that Texas is the best team in the country. Well, I I mean, going into the season, you're right. This is not something that just came up with Urban Meyer. He'd been talking about this all through the summer. They thought Texas from top to bottom was was the best, and they really had a shot not only winning the Big 12 but getting into the college playoffs. And he's right. I mean, when you look at this group top to bottom right now – it is. I mean, it's they've been recruiting for the last three years, four years on getting to the getting to this spot. And it's now come true. Can they live up to it now? Can they continue to get better every week? Can they can they be um, green and growing and not ripe and rotten? They can't be ripe and rotten. They're, there's there's no way close to being ripe and rotten. We're all hoping this group should be green and growing each and every week right now. I think Urban Meyer can see that. And he can also see the fact that they are really, really well coached in all aspects of the game right now. Yeah, there's no way they're the best team in the country, though, right? Uh, no, I'm still leaving that till somebody beats Georgia. Yeah, but I think, but I, I think they can play with the rest of them, and I think they, including Georgia, they can play. I mean, as I said, I think this is a team right now. When I look at them, I, I don't think there'll be a lot of those, you know, heartbreaking losses or or, or, or incredible wins with field goals. This team, the way they play, they're either going to get beat or they're going to beat the pants off of whoever they play. I thought that against Alabama. I didn't think we were going to see a field goal win. I thought somebody would get beat in that game. I think from this point on, that's the way this football team is going to play. It's not going yeah. to be, oh, fourth quarter, they're getting in a position to kick a field goal. I think, no, you're either going to get beat by Texas or Texas is going to get beat by you. I think they're, they're, they're full out that way right now. You know, They're either going to tear you apart or they're going to rip your heart out. That's just the way I feel about this football team. Yeah, I tend to agree with CB. Uh, the only one who could stand in Texas's way is Texas. Yes. Now, I don't know if that's the case in terms of all of college football, right? Like, I would still pick Georgia to beat Texas. Yes. I would still probably pick Michigan to beat Texas. But if you look at the rest of the teams on Texas's schedule, there's nobody better than Texas. No. So if Texas doesn't beat themselves, and they haven't through two games, right? Like, they haven't turned the ball over. 
They haven't committed a bunch of penalties. No. They played smart, sound, disciplined football, which is a very nice change over what we've seen in recent years. If they continue to do that, then they're not going to lose this season. No, they shouldn't. There's, there's no one. There's nobody talented enough to beat them when it comes to player on player, coach on coach. But it's you know every given week. Remember, they have to get better every week. They can't stay the same. They can't stay the same as they were against Alabama, against Wyoming. If so, some people some people say that's good enough to beat Wyoming. You can, there's no way you can think that way as a player or a coach. You can't say you know if we gave them what we gave Alabama, we should be just walking over Wyoming. Every every day, every week, BK, you got to get a little bit better in, a, in in all phases of the game. The one you thought you did well, you got to get a little bit better at the, in the passing game, the protection game. You know, obviously, we know they got to get better in the run game because relying on that kid's arm throughout the entire season, it, he's going to be a part of all their wins. But they have to be able to run the ball, and they have to feel like they can run the ball when they want to run the ball. You know, it yeah. can't be well. Here's the fourth quarter. Now we want to run it. No, they got to come out of the shoot, being able to run the ball. Get, being able to get more than two yards a clip. And I think now if they can have a consistent run game to go along with what Quinn Ewers and these wide receivers and, and, and this passing game can do and this defense and what they can do, I think there's, there's a lot of success, at least getting to the Big 12 championship for sure. A reminder, we do have a text line, 512-222-9328. If you are listening on the app and you would like to chime in, you can do so on our still unsponsored text line, 512 512- Two 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 nine three two eight. Let me ask you this, Coach. After a big win like that, because you were a part of some big wins in your coaching career, was it tough to keep your guys motivated? Was it tough to prevent your guys from gaining too much confidence? Uh, was that difficult for you? Because obviously that's something that Steve Sarkeesian and this Texas coaching staff is having, having to deal with this week. Well, I think it was more the the silly confidence. You know, we're just that, we're just that good. I mean, a lot of a lot, of, a lot of young players or just football players in general, after they have a big win, feel like we're just that good. We're, we're there. They, they always tend to think we've just hit the pinnacle. And, and a big win, when you play in these big-time games uh, for a Texas, uh, playing Texas A&M, playing Oklahoma, playing Alabama, you tend to get the, those wins, and now you think that's it. We are at the top of the mountain. How, how, much more can, how much more can we do? We look at our schedule. We're human. We know that we've got – Baylor, who has not done well. We've got TCU that has kind of owned us for a long, long time. But we're much better. We played Alabama. We're pretty damn good. So let us just do – if we do the things that we did against Alabama, they're all going to feel like that's enough. That can, be, that can be the problem is, is it enough? No, it's not enough. As I said, every day has to be getting better, fine-tuning what you did, even fine-tuning the stuff that you did right. Not, not everything that you did wrong. I mean, you can't go looking into it, and coaches can't look into it like, what did we do wrong? Let's get on that. How about fine-tuning the things that you did right in a game and make them even better? I think players have a hard time with that. You know, they'll look at you as a coach and say, wait a minute, coach. I just ran for 35 yards in a first down. Why, what are you talking about? Okay, how about running for 60 yards and a touchdown? You know what I'm saying? How about tuning that up a little bit? You maybe made that guy miss with some of the things that we've done. Maybe instead of you tell me about the 35-yarder and how nice it was. I can tell you about the 69-yarder that you had for a score that helped us win the game. They, they, you got to get over that part of it where you start to think that you've done so many things right by beating Alabama. That what else do you have to fix? Well, there's 60. a lot. You can fix the stuff that's good. You can make it better. 69 yards, huh? Very nice. Very nice. Yes, well very done nice. on your part. I'll to tell the, you what, though, Buck. To the if, house. Yeah, to the house. If 
Oh uh, yeah, that usually you should be doing that in the house. <laughs> yes. If Texas plays the way that it played against Alabama, they're running the table. Like I, I get what you're saying. You're absolutely right. You want them to improve. They weren't perfect this past weekend. No, right? they weren't. Uh, ball security was a little bit of an issue. Uh, that fourth. And one QB sneak attempt was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's all planned. According <laughs> to me, I'm looking at it. It was planned. They, That's they when you know it's your that. night right there. Oh, yeah, uh, they worked on that. You think of Alabama's last touchdown drive, right, where they scored the touchdown and then got the two-point conversion. Texas had a couple of major defensive breakdowns there that need to be corrected. Uh, still had a couple of cases of the dropsies from this receiving core. Like, there are absolutely things that can be approved upon from last week. But uh, if Texas plays the way that it played, I mean, they were able to play like that and still beat Alabama on the road by double digits. If they play the game that they played last Saturday, every single Saturday, they're not losing in the regular season. The question is, can they get up for the rest of the games the way they clearly were able to get up for Bryant Denny? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, you still got your goals are to win your conference to, you know, to still get a winning record. I know that seems kind of weird. Winning record. This team, of course, they're going to have a winning record. You can't take anything for granted. The first thing you think about is we've got to have a winning record. We have to get into the conference championship. We have to win the conference championship. And then maybe we'll get into the final, you know, the final four and the playoffs. But you got to take them one step at a time. You can't skip. You know, you can't go from one and then go two steps over. You I mean, it, there's a sequence that has to happen for your football team. And you've got to be willing to work at that part of it. And you gotta you gotta be willing to say we still have some faults. You can't look at it, look at film, turn the film off and say, well, I don't need to watch anymore. I know I know what I did wrong. You gotta be willing to continue to grow. Yeah, and that's hard. That's hard for players after playing with after playing in that atmosphere. You know, they're gonna come home. A hundred thousand will be there on Saturday night. They can't be overconfident in what they did the week before. You've still got to play a game on Saturday night and you gotta to play to the best of your abilities. You can't half step against Wyoming. Because if you get beat by Wyoming, we go right back to, to where we've always been with this football team. Are they mature enough to handle a little bit of success? No, they're not. Well, I, I, don't think, I, I, don't, I think they're at a point right now where I don't look at this as a young team. I look at this as an experienced football team that's, mm -hmm. you know, went, went into the, to the lion's den, slayed the lion, and now are looking for anybody else that gets in their way. That's how I feel about this team. Who else is in our way right now? You know what? And the, but that doesn't mean things are going to come easy either. Even if they play their best, they're going to have obstacles during these football games and how they overcome them. I think last week was one big step in how they overcome things that, are, that will happen in a football game, no matter who they play, because they, they come up in every game. They don't you don't have those clean games where all four quarters has been is perfection. There are little things that will happen in the football game, whether you have to overcome a offsides or you have to overcome an interception or, or a fumble that doesn't come to you that doesn't hit the quarterback's hands, it doesn't come to your hands, it goes the other way. You have, to, you, you have to be able to take the turnovers, the turnovers that may become scores against you, and how do you come back in sudden change when now you've got the ball because that group has fumbled, what are you going to do? You're going to go three and out, give it right back to them and say, okay, we burned some time, or are you going to take that ball and shove it down their throats and continue to get back? All those little things come up, and they come up in all games. They don't come up in just the big games. They come up in the games that you and I and all fans think, oh, we should crush them. You know what I'm saying? Those little things come up where it's not on your side. How do you make it become on your side? So I think this team is getting to that point. I'm not quite ready to say they're there yet because they haven't had conference play. That's that's different. The teams in conference know you. They've got a, tons of film on you. They know you as players. 
Some of them have grown. You played against them in high school. They know some of your weaknesses still. You may have gone off to Texas and been a four or five star, but they played you in high school. They understand you from the neighborhood. So they know how you, the inner workings of your mind and stuff. So this will be, it'll be different as they get ready for conference play. But this is that last game before conference play. And you want to go on a high. You don't want to go in, you know, with skepticism wondering, well, how are we going to be against Baylor, our first game on the road in conference? You don't want to wonder anything. All you want to do is go back to practice, get better, and go kick the shit out of the next group. That's For me, it's, it's about Texas and going and kicking the crap out of the next group that they have to face, knowing that they've worked hard all week. I, I want to have that feeling as a fan, ex-coach, whatever, that this group has already have prepared themselves during the week to go take on the next opponent, and there shouldn't be any issues. Because I'm going to look at their players versus these players, their coaches versus these, the coaches here, and say, no, it's another mismatch. Let's just get on with it, you know? Yeah. Texas has a chance to improve to 3-0 and for the first time since 2012, which is such a painful stat to have to read. It is. But uh, they should be able to take care of business. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian, who, by the way, will be available later today. So we'll hear more from the coach later here on Texas Sports Unfiltered and, of course, during tomorrow's programs and during Saturday's pregame show as well. Uh, Sark on Monday, though, from his first presser of the week, was asked if it's harder to get his message across following that huge win over Alabama. I look at it both ways. I think, one, I agree with you, you know, that, that they are confident. And, you know, I think one of the mistakes I can make is try to beat them down and and, and then knock the confidence out of them. You know, I've, I've spent two and a half years trying to instill confidence into them. And so uh, I want to be mindful of that. But, two, I have to point out areas for us to improve and where we can get better as a team. And I think, you know, ultimately for me being transparent with them um, all of the time, good, bad, ugly, whatever that is, that I've earned their trust, um, that I would never guide them in a direction that that wouldn't be in their best interest to, to perform at the highest level. And... So even today when we went in and, and, okay, here's the plan, here's the messaging, here's what we're trying to do this week, um, I felt like they accepted that message and they accepted it as a challenge and now they go, need to go put forth the work to, to prepare to go do that. So, um, I, I, again, it, it's a little bit of a slippery slope because, again, you know, when, when you're overly confident, sometimes that's when you can skip the details. Well, excellence lies in the details. And so we have to make sure that we continue to press upon that way and, and whatever those details are uh, in any phase of the game. Yeah, I mean, they, they can enjoy that victory in their heart, but in their mind, it's the next, it's the next team. You've moved on. You know, nobody's talking about Alabama on a Thursday in that locker room or, or on that field or, or, or during that, that practice. None of these guys are looking at each other and saying, oh, remember, remember what I did last week against such and such at Alabama? You know, this is going to work again this week. They're not talking that kind of stuff. They're looking at film and, and looking at their, the, the opposing team for this week. That, that, that's in the back. That's in the rearview mirror, Alabama now. They know they have to move on. And if you're a mature football team that's looking for a championship, you move on. And if you've got a mature coaching staff like Sarkas, they help you move on. Believe me, there, there's this isn't as as simple as what he's saying. We don't want to coach this out of them. There are some teeth pulling going on. There's there's not everybody on that football team thinks that, you know, what I'm saying I've got to. Well, I'm going to move right along. There's some guys on that football team that still have that Alabama deal in their minds. And that's the stuff you have to understand when you've recruited them, when you got to know them as people 
that you got to knock that kind of shit right out of them. You got to, you got, it, it may take to Thursday to let them understand, dude, you're still doing some things that can get us beat against anybody that we play. You know, I know how well you played against Alabama, but I'm, I'm watching you the way you practice right now. And you're kind of thinking that it's over with, we've done, the work is over. You know, we've, we've slayed the dragon. There are no other dragons here. It's just a bunch of butterflies we play from here. There's some of that going on too. It's not, it's not as simple as you think with, with football players that have had success. It's, you got to work at it too. That's why you get paid as a coach. That's why, the, that's why you're one of the highest paid coaching staffs in America because your job is to make sure that they understand this ain't over. Yeah. This is a new week. This is a new group. They have different players. They're looking. You are now the hunted. They're now after you. You're not going in there. They're looking at, oh, it's, it's, it's Texas. I think we can beat them. No, they're hunting for you now. From this point yeah. on, you will be the hunted. Yeah, Wyoming's not Wyoming's not going into this game thinking they've got no shot, right? They're sitting oh, here thinking they're not. Oh, they we played pretty team, good defense. Yeah, we beat a team that beat these guys last year, two weeks ago. Like, yeah. We, we think we're capable of doing something like this. And they're probably thinking, oh, Texas is going to be riding high. They're going to be overlooking us after that sure. huge victory. There's going to be a little bit of a hangover. So no, I'm sure that's the mindset that Wyoming has coming into this game. They they don't care that they're 29 to 29 and a half point underdogs. They're coming here to try to win this football game this weekend. And if Texas, look, Texas can play a C game and still beat Wyoming, but they can't play a D game. They can't play an F game and guarantee a win over Wyoming. Like they've got to make sure. BK, they better not come in here with any C game. They better be playing B and A pluses from this point on. I mean, huh? it's, it, it will be after this week, you know, it'll be championship play from, from, and I know you have to take them one week at a time, but it'll be about championship play after this week. Your preseason is over. Your Alabamas and Wyoming and Rice are gone. It's conference play. The coaches know you, even though you look at the teams and say, oh, they're not very good. They're not very good. The coaches know you. They know your staff. They spend time, you know, they know your head coach. They know your offensive coordinators. They understand what you're about. And they've also understood that, you know what, you're still growing too. You're not the Texas of uh, of you know, 2009, you're not the Texas of 2005. You're just learning how to really win. Yep. And, and so that means you can make a mistake here or there that the group in 2005 can overcome back in the day. You can't overcome some things that you do. You're just now, learning how to win. This Texas team better not be overlooking anybody in the Big 12. There you mean, go. We're, we're talking about a group that's lost nine conference games in the last two years. That's right? for sure. Like this team has not gotten to the Big 12 championship in a while, but and course, that's not beating you down. That's just a reality. That's that's yeah. a reality for your football players to understand. Well, this this like look, last weekend was Sark's most impressive coaching performance of his career. And that was the biggest coaching win of his career. Yes. Here on out might be the toughest coaching job of his career. Like, because there are expectations that Steve Sarkeesian has never had to deal with as a head coach. Like, there are really? always expectations at Texas. I get that, but let's be real. Going into 2021, his first year, nobody thought Texas was going to make the college football playoff. No. Going into 2022, after a 5-7 and seven 2021, nobody thought Texas was going to make the college football playoff. And, hey, going into this year, there were some folks who thought Texas was maybe a dark horse CFP kind of team. Urban Meyer. Now that you beat Alabama, dude, you're number four in the country. That, like, kind of means you're expected to make yeah. the college football playoff. I saw the ESPN FPI rankings come out yesterday and texas has the second highest percentage chance of any team in the country 
to make it to the Final Four this year. So I know Sark coached at USC before this. I know he had a few years at Washington. He has never had these types of expectations on one of his teams. So to make sure that the team can live up to these expectations, and it's not a one-week thing, right? It's not like we're going into the Big 12 championship and Texas needs just one more win and then they're in. No, they've got 10 games plus, hopefully, a conference championship game. They've got to win 10 out of 11 of those, if not all 11 of those. And they're going to be expected to win. Right, and they're going to be favored in every single one of these games. So that's the expectation now is that, yeah, Texas probably should be a college football playoff team. That's the way Vegas sees it. That's the way the analytics sees it. That's, That's not the way, the way BK sees it because BK no. had him for three losses. Of course, and I still have him for two. They won one of the games I thought they would lose, so I'm not going to add another random loss somewhere. But I, look, I, my UTSD is still kicking in. But like they, they shouldn't. They, they shouldn't lose once. They sure as hell shouldn't lose more than once I agree. and that's what Sark has to avoid because expectations change man like I know going into the year people are like 10 wins is cool win the conference championship that's fine but look there there's going to be some disappointment now that if Texas goes 10 and 2 like oh, yeah. there are going to be people who are like damn man we had we had an opportunity we put together like the hardest non-conference win you could have in the sport and we were going up against a down Big 12 in our last year in this average conference. And obviously, we're about to move to the SEC where things are a lot tougher. Like, this is a golden opportunity. There are going to be fans who are changing their narratives. Guys who are like, oh, no, yeah, you know, 10-2, I'll take that. Conference championship, I'll take that. Playing oh, no, you can't oh, settle for fine. that. You're right. Now, now there are people, like, if that's what happens at the end of the year, people are going to be like, damn, man, a golden opportunity was at our fingertips and we let it slip away. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're not thinking that way now. You know, it's not one of those. Now, if you, if they go 10 and two, you say, Oh, that's a really nice season. No, you're pissed because this team is better than that now. And they should continue to get better every week playing the, playing the kind of teams they're going to play in conference. They should handle those teams. And yeah, there should be some, you know, there'll be some tight times when, you know, a touchdown late or something, those things just happen in football games. But I I'm, I'm looking at this team right now, BK, and I'm saying, they're either going to get beat or they are going to roll teams because they're that talented. They've got that kind of, they've got that kind of group. And this is a group without a great running back. And it's, you know, a guy who is a, was a difference maker. You get one of those guys on your team, then that kind of guy could have made a difference on a team like that this year. They don't have that guy and they still are that good. Yeah. That's, I mean, you're looking at them. They still have, they, they still have some deficiencies, but there's not a lot of them. Now there really Look, isn't. They- I'm with you. Like they should be able to roll some of these teams on their schedule, but hey, go back to 05. That team didn't roll everybody they played. Oh, no, yeah, they, they almost lost to AM at the end of the year. They were down 28 7 in Stillwater midway through the season. The 09 team had a few games like that. Obviously, the Big 12 championship where they, you know, they needed a last second field goal to beat Nebraska in that game. Like that, that's where you want to get to. You don't want to be playing those close games against no. inferior competition. I understand that, but. This team, the hope is they have the talent to where, okay, if Quinn Ewers has an off day, they've got enough to overcome that. If sure. they can't run the football, they've got enough to overcome that. If the defense gives up 35 points randomly against somebody, they've got enough to overcome that. Like that's that's to me the mark of a good team. Obviously, you want to kick the doors, kick the doors, yeah, kick, yeah. The, yeah, kick the, the doors in, yeah, you yeah. know, you would kick the doors and beat the brakes off of everybody. There sure. you go. Uh, but realistically, that's not going to happen over the course of a long season. To me, like an elite team 
finds ways to win even when they don't play their best football. Texas hasn't been able to do that in recent years. The hope is this team is talented and experienced enough, Buck, to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's to me, once again, it's not a young team any longer. that, That deal will not fly with me. This is if you're talented enough, you're old enough. And this group is talented. And they've got skilled players all over the place. They've got guys that can win the one-on-one battles. They've got they've got enough power on the defensive and the defensive front that they can overwhelm overwhelm teams. You know they're 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 already in the top teams in the country when it comes to pressuring and 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 defending against the run. That's that's not going to change even when they get into the Big Twelve. There's nothing about the Big Twelve teams that should to, that anything should change. There shouldn't be any drastic changes on this football team. They should be consistent enough to go and, as you said, win games. Just go win the game, Coach. Yep. Go find ways to win the game. There will be those down. There will be those up and down times. There will be just one of those Saturdays. Well, things aren't clicking the right way. But you know what? We're good enough to, to make it so we win the football game. You know, we're not going to struggle and somebody's going to beat us. And at the end of the game, we, we're not going to look back and say, well, you know what? We had this chance or that chance. When they have those kind of chances, they're going to make good on those chances that they have. If somebody gives them an opportunity to score, you know what? They're going to score. If you give them the ball at the 40-yard line, your own at their 40-yard line, you're going to take that opportunity and score a touchdown, not kick field goals, you know, fuzzy-haired dude. But, no, we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to score touchdowns. Sideshow Bob, a.k.a. We're, Auburn. We're, going to, we're not kicking field goals. We're scoring touchdowns. And as you say, they got in that scoring zone last week where they should have been scoring touchdowns. They were kicking field goals. Yep. And this conference, you get the conference plays, those need to be touchdowns. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, we'll get back into Texas, Wyoming a little bit later. We do need to get to the Bucks Heisman watch, though, coming yeah. up in a moment. But before we do all of that, Buck, how about our, our newest sponsor, the yeah. great folks at Texas Orthopedics? Yeah, I'm loving those guys. And, you know, I, I, I coach one of their one of their doctors over there, Chris Danny, who's a, who is a, is a surgeon, one of the surgeons. And, of course, everybody knows who Chris, Chris Stockton is. Now, if you're seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics for sure. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical. Now, they're not all always about cutting you open and getting things done. They'll, they're looking at non-surgical ways to help you out too, And it, whether it's children or adults. Now, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. As I said, Chris Daney and Chris Stockton are dedicated orthopedic surgeons there, and their goal is to get you right back in good health and folks, and they're going to give you the great, they want you to have that great quality of life. Visit them at txortho.com. Texas Orthopedics is one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in Texas. For more information, go to txortho.com. That's txortho.com. Love the folks over there. Love Chris Daney. Agreed. Shout out to them. We appreciate Texas Orthopedics jumping on board as a sponsor of Texas Sports Unfiltered. And how about a recorded spot from our guy, Tom McKay, in AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Old man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with 
incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Make love to whoever the hell you want. So, Buck, you can make love to that Derek Jeter figurine that is clearly the love of your life. Hello there, Catherine. Did you guys not see him this morning? He's still here. He hasn't gone anywhere. He will always be there for the New York Yankees, the pinstripes. Don't forget him. I know it's hard for you to forget him because you get a chance to see him every day. Well, he's not going anywhere. I'm surprised your wife hasn't left you because you sleep next to that thing every single day. (laughs) You have to put that as a barrier in between you and your wife when you you uh, lie down at night. Oh, man. Shout out to those two. Shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery as well. I'm getting to hang out with some of the Altstadt guys later today, which is always a good time because I get to drink Altstadt beer. I love that. And we're working with the fine folks at the Altstadt Brewery and getting some remote broadcasts not just for pregame shows, but during the week here on Texas Sports Unfiltered to give you people, yes, yeah. you people, the chance to come see us in person. Excited about that and always excited to drink some Altstad beer. My fridge is stocked with it for football season. Yours should be too. They've got a bunch of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. And every Altstad beer is brewed without preservatives, without additives. It is a clean beer, so you can feel good about what you're putting into your system. But most importantly, the taste is absolutely there. Don't just take my word for it. Pick up a six-pack. The next time you're at the store, it is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstad beer. No impurities, no regrets. All right, it is time. i got to make a sound effect for this. Yeah, Yeah, we do. The Bucks updated Heisman watch going into week three of the college football season. Buck, I'll let you give your list, and then we'll see how it stacks up against the current Vegas odds for who's going to win the most prestigious individual award in college well, football. I'll start out by the last year's Heisman Award winner, Caleb Williams. I think he's still the front runner right now. They, they score an awful lot of points. They can't stop anybody, so he's always going to be in shootouts. So he's always going to throw for big yards, BK. They, they, they run the ball just very average. Their defense is average to below. So he'll always be in shootouts. So in order for them to win, he's got to throw the ball, you know, 50, 60 times. And he's got to be over 300, 400 yards every time they play. And that's what it looks like right now for them. So if he can keep on this pace, if, if he stays the pace that he's at, I think he still will be the first back-to-back winner since Archie Griffin. So I think this is, this is, this is an opportunity for USC, you know, one of my favorite colleges, because if I never got a chance to coach at Texas, that was the other place I wanted to, to be the running back coach is USC. So mm-hmm. Caleb, Caleb Williams is my number one right now. My number two right now is J.J. McCarthy on my sleeper team, the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> the sleeper. The sleeper, sleeper the number two team in the country, the biggest yeah. sleepers in all the land. Yeah, I think he's number two because they're going to continue to win because they'll still, again, once again, beat – Ohio State and be in the in the college playoffs. My number three is Quinn Ewers Whoa. for Texas right now. I've, I've I've moved him to from around five to number three right now, and that win last week was huge. And there's numbers out there to be had by Quinn Ewers here over the next couple of weeks. Believe me, I know it's about it's obviously about winning. You're, if you're on a losing team, 
You know, it's not Paul, the Paul Horning's Notre Dame team. That's, that's not going to happen in this day and age where you put up big numbers and you're on a losing squad that you're going to win the Heisman Trophy. So I think they'll continue to win. He's my number three right now. Number four, Shakur Sanders, for sure. I, I think right now he's number four and, and teetering on number three for me right now. I think he's number four. Number five, I'm going to have to go with Sam. I'm going to have to go with Sam, big Sam. Short man. I'm going to have to go with him, Sam Sam Hartman of Notre Dame. And, of course, Shakur's a wide receiver slash defensive back. Hunter, I'll think of him as number six. So my those are my top six. So I get okay. Caleb Williams, McCarthy, uh, yours, Sanders, Hartman, and then Hunter. I'm throwing Hunter in there. I know everybody wants to do this. They want to put him in the top three or four. I'm going to leave him at, like, number six, just okay. getting ready to slide into number five if somebody screws up. But I have yeah. Quinn yours is number three right now. Well, Vegas agrees with you with a lot of your predictions. They also have Caleb Williams as the favorite to win the sure. Heisman right now. Understandable. That guy put on a show this past weekend. I mean, USC was up 49 to three against Stanford at halftime. Like that's an absurd offensive explosion. Caleb Williams was 19 of 21 for 281 yards and three passing touchdowns. He also had a rushing score as well he played pretty much the perfect first half and that's all he needed to play because usc was beating the brakes off of stanford so yeah caleb williams with what he did last year with what he's done through three games because of course usc played in week zero uh, no surprise that he's your favorite no surprise that he is the betting favorite right now too uh vegas is number two jordan travis the quarterback out of florida state you didn't mention hmm. your top five or six no i did not Travis didn't do a ton. Florida State beat the crap out of Southern Miss last weekend, and I think Travis only played a half of football in that one, so his numbers weren't spectacular, but he was pretty efficient, did have a couple of scores, and obviously had a big-time performance in Florida State's huge win over LSU on uh, that Sunday night before Labor Day. And then, like you, Vegas has Quinn Ewers, number three, right now at 8-1 to one to win the Heisman Trophy. I'll round out the top five. Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. I know you're a big fan of him. I am. He is fourth at 10 to 1. And then your guy, J.J. McCarthy, who you had second. Uh, Vegas has fifth currently, the quarterback at the University of Michigan. Shador Sanders right behind him at number six. So your list, not too different from what Vegas has. Right Just now. move them around a little bit, and, yeah. and, they're in, and they're in there. And the Hunter kids, you know, as long as he has – as long as he can – play over 100 snaps offensively and defensively, and he, and he does okay catching the ball, he's going to be good on defense. He's just that good as a secondary, as a cornerback. He's going to have his games. He's going to have a pick here and there. But it's the numbers that he plays on offense. And if he can be that kind of guy to catch four or five balls a game and make a big play offensively, he's going to be in there because everybody's looking for a two-way player anyway. Some Once you get those kind of guys, they just kind of stay in the race if they can stay – when then if he just if he ends up BK where he has a two catch game, he'll fly out of that whole thing in a hurry. Yeah. I mean he's got a he's got a score on offense, but he'll get the numbers on defense. They they need him on defense. Yeah, he already did take a step back in terms of Vegas odds from week one to week two, sure. right? Like a bunch of people were talking about him as one of the favorites, if not the favorite, following Colorado's win in Fort Worth. He was nine to one after their opening game. He's down to twenty five to one. And plus, uh, after the game against Nebraska. And plus, he's, he's got an opportunity because he's he's playing right now in the, one of the best conferences in college football, the Pac-12. Yeah. 
Dude, That's right. It might be the best conference in college yes. football. Well, we know right now the SEC is probably about third the way they're playing. If you look at their numbers, they're maybe the third best right now because they have not had a lot of success so far early out of conference football with the SEC. So the Pac-12 is – you might be right. They may be the number one. Dude. They've got like five teams, I think, in the in the top 20. They've got eight in the top 25, which ties yeah. a record set by the SEC a few years ago. Now, the Pac-12 – like, I, I don't know if anyone in the Pac-12 can win a national championship, so there are some folks out there. Maybe Washington. Like, maybe Washington, maybe USC, although that defense, it's been no. better since week one, but it's still an Alex Grinch slash Lincoln Riley defense, so I've got my doubts. But they've got eight teams in the top 25, which, once again, ties a record for the AP poll, and that, like, I, I don't think it's fake. Like there are some good teams in that league this year. I'm curious to see if they finally get a team into the playoff. Obviously USC had the chance last year. They couldn't get it done against Utah in the PAC 12 championship game. I think they've got some top four worthy teams, but I wonder if they're just going to beat each other up too bad to where nobody gets in. You're right. Uh, You're right. Fun to watch. Yeah. I'd go PAC 12, one mountain West two, big 10, three Mac four, SEC five right now. Did you say the Mac before the SEC? Did you say the Mac attack? Well, I had Mountain West too. I had to put them above the Big Twelve because oh. you know the Big Twelve runs through a Mountain West city right now in Laramie. Yeah, so I, I had to put them super high on the list. And yeah, who could sleep on the Mac, man? Surprised you didn't put the San Marcos group and and the Fun Belt in there before them. They're number six. Wow. Yeah, they're ahead of the ACC still. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go, right there. Obviously, yeah, JJ McCarthy the- still, if, as long as he leads Michigan, <laughs> as long as they win and they beat Ohio State, his numbers are going to be okay, but it'll be about wins and losses with that group. He's not, he's not going over the tops, throwing for 400 yards in games. He's going to be 260, 310, you know, that kind, those kind of numbers. I don't see him having those, those week in, week out throwing numbers. No. I don't either. I don't either. I think he could be a guy who gets the invite to New York, but I have a sure. hard time thinking he's going to win it just because of the offense that Jim Harbaugh or whoever is coaching for Michigan uh, decides to run. So yeah, yeah they like Sam they Harman like will get Sam Harmon will have numbers. They've got enough <laughs> wide receivers, and they are starting to lean more towards that throwing game. But Notre Dame, as time goes on, as the season goes on, they'll rely on that big offensive line and the run game, yeah. and they've got a big back. They have two big backs, so I think they'll start to lean more on that. But Hartman is accurate. He's big. I mean, he's he's proficient in what he does. He's he's spectacular as a as a stay in the pocket kind of guy. Right. Well, like you said, I mean, team success matters, right? Like you don't sure. have to be a playoff team to win the Heisman. Case in point, Caleb Williams last year. Right. But your team has to be relevant. And Notre Dame, look, they're always relevant. Sure. But they they have a couple of huge games on their schedule this year. I mean, they play Ohio State. I think next weekend they play. Clemson doesn't feel as big of a game considering what Clemson has looked like so far, but okay, still a, a big money, big name game. And then they also play USC. Right. So like if they can win two of those games and the sharp man can put up numbers in those games that, yeah, he's, he's got a shot, man. Like I get it. You think Notre Dame, you don't think of uh super explosive deep shots on offense, but no, Sam Hartman is a really, really talented quarterback who's capable of putting up big numbers every single Saturday. So well, the they're going to be relevant, and if they win some of those games, that'll make Notre Dame relevant, and that means uh, the Sharp man's got a shot this year. You know who's going to get to be relevant here soon and, and is playing in a, in a pretty good league right now and playing well is the Dukies and the kid Leonard, at quarterback. I mean, that's a group that – I mean, they've already beat Clemson. Who else do they have to beat? 
Well, they do I mean, play it, Notre Dame in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. There's going to be that will be that will be the clash of the quarterbacks right there because Leonard can throw. And this was a former basketball player, BK, that's looking like a five-star quarterback right now. And I got to believe Duke is Duke is three and zero, correct? They're undefeated. Two and zero. Two and zero. Yeah, they okay. are ranked. They jumped into uh, the top twenty-five. They're at number twenty-one right now, and they play Northwestern this oh, weekend. Spanking. And then yeah, they've got to play Notre Dame on the thirtieth, and then they have to go to Tallahassee to take on Florida State, and they also have to play North Carolina. Like uh, the basketball rivalry could actually be pretty good in football this year. Both of those teams absolutely ranked in the top twenty. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm I'm liking the way some of these teams look. I'm I'm. Um, the, the way things are moving around, teams like Duke, you know, of course, everybody had Penn State being, you know, one of the tops in the, in the, uh, in the Big Ten. They continue to just move along. And I know you like their young quarterback now, who they have. So it's – and they've got a great running game. And they've got fantastic defense, even though giving up a couple guys to the NFL, they're still pretty stout on defense right now at Penn State. You know, they keep winning. If they can get over the Michigan-Ohio State hump, they'll be just fine. I don't know if they're there yet. Yeah. We'll see. They've got these opportunities coming up. Yep. They've got the fighting Illini this week. Oh, no big deal. How about your fighting Illini that lost to my Kansas Jayhawks last yeah. week? Yeah, that don't worry about them. They're done. Yeah. Brent Vilma, yeah. he's done. How it's does that guy get fatter every year? <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't think it was possible to be bigger than how big he was in Arkansas. I need to have some of those pounds. Yeah, he also needs you to have some of his pounds so he can live for more than five years. I mean, that guy, (laughs) dude, that's 8X he's wearing. (laughs) 8X. At minimum. And that guy is a a marshmallow out there, dude. It is uh, something else. Yeah, Drew Aller at Penn State is also in the top 10 in terms of Vegas odds, so you're not far off. With, uh, with that prediction. A couple of texts to get into, 512-222-9328. How about the first text we got a while back? Buck, who let the women talk yesterday? What? Mm. Women's sports talk? Women's sports talk every Wednesday from 3 I, to 5. I right love it. I, I, listened, I, I listened to them. I did. I listened to them yesterday. I was very, very impressed. And it's not that I have to be impressed. It's if the people are impressed. I like them. I like their attitudes. I like I like their confidence and what they're talking about. And they have an awful lot of fun because girls yep. just want to have fun. All right, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job. It was fun to listen to. If you missed the debut episode of Fire the Cannon here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And a comment here, or a text here, I should say. The only thing I admire about Jeter is Hannah the horse can come along too. There you go. The horse can come along. Giddy up. Thank you yep. very much. 512-222-9328. If you want to chime in, Eugene says, coming from a fan of Mangino. Yeah, Mangino was fat. I'm not saying he wasn't fat. He got fired at Kansas because he was trying to eat his players, I think. <laughs> come on I now. I don't know if that's true. Buck, I've got some news for you, man. But before we do that, Let's give some love to a few more of our sponsors. You brought them up earlier. You say you could feel the rain because of your back. Yeah. You say your back is in good shape because of our friends at Relax the Back. Yeah. You know, for over 20 years now, I've had this incredibly bad back. I had thoracic back surgery, reconstruction of my thoracic back. So when that was over with, I had to have comfort. I mean, I had to, 
I had to have something I could sit in, watch football games, do 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 re- work on the radio, but I couldn't just sit in any chair. I'm not like my I don't have a young back like BK has. He can, you know, if there's a picnic table he can sit at and be just comfortable. I can't do that. I have to have support in my lumbar area and my thoracic back. Well, the folks that relax the back have given me the comfort that I needed. And they've been doing it for a long time. They've been doing it for over 35 years, proven expertise in that field and making you feel comfort. They've got chairs. They've got stand-up uh, stand up desks. They have anything that you need to make yourself feel good. And I'll tell you, they've done that just for me. I've been about three different chairs over the last 20-some years for Relax the Back. And every year they come up with something just a little bit better. Now, the one I'm in right now, I've been in for about eight years, not giving it up. I know that they've got new stuff available just for you, maybe for your back. But my back is so comfortable in the chair that I'm in. And you know you know that because you picked this baby up. It's sturdy. It's relaxing. And, folks, nobody does it better than relax the back. And you can find them when it comes to pillows uh, uh, to fit uh, to get that so that you're not waking up with that kink in your neck. They've got all kinds of pillows. They've got all kinds of tempur mattresses just for you. So head on over to their two locations. Uh, at B Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Bat. Oh, yeah. I saw that chair, and I sat in that chair, and I left my mark. You sat in my chair? Oh, man. I I ripped a few in that chair, too. (laughs) Mark my territory. You know what? This chair was moved somehow, someway down the 18 flights of steps. It was downstairs. Somebody had to have help doing that. No one person can take this chair down those steps. Did you do that alone? No one man should have all this power, Buck. Seriously, by yourself? Yeah, it was heavy. Don't get me wrong. It was a lot heavier than I thought. But that shows the sturdiness, the build quality. And uh, no, I didn't sit in your chair because you don't sit in another man's chair. You don't do something like that. No, you do not. You do not do that. You're absolutely right about that. Rules are rules. And uh, speaking of comfort, shout out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. I was on the phone with our buddy David yesterday. Good dude. Great people over there at Woods. They have been in business for more than 60 years here in Central Texas. And what do they do? Well, they keep you comfortable in your home all year round with the best HVAC services that you can find. They also have plumbing services as well. So if something's wrong with your air conditioner, as we get closer and closer to winter, if you need to make sure your heater is working correctly, they can take care of all of that. And once again, plumbing services as well. Their goal has always been to provide exceptional HVAC and plumbing in central Texas. And they are dedicated to keeping you and your family comfortable 24 7, 365. Check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call 512 842 5066. That's 512 842 5066. Tell them you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. Yeah, in case you have a, a plumbing problem, they're there for you there too. You know, with all the rain that I brought upon you people and helped you with. Be careful of flooding. Call them up if you need if need be around your home, around your uh, inside or outside. They're they're also doing plumbing, BK, because I did give a lot of I did have a lot of rain come yesterday. Ah, uh, all right. What do you mean, you people? You brought the rain on the Jews? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I did not part the Red Sea. No, I did <laughs> not do that. I didn't bring that much rain upon you. Remember, no. I'm on, on I'm only in second command here. Yeah, okay? yeah not you're first behind command. God. There's only one commander. And he, he's more than just a captain, you captains out there. By the way, my wife is a pilot, and I've never, ever called her Captain Joyce, 
okay, or Captain Godbolt. She is a certified, she has her license to fly. Really? Is she a captain? No, I've never said, hey, Captain Joyce, can you make me a sandwich? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you treating her like a flight attendant? Come on. <laughs> you can't oh, treat no. the captain like a, you can't go up and tell the pilot to make you a sandwich. <laughs> hey, pilot, give me some of those nuts, please. Okay. All right. I'll take okay. a, uh, I'll take a Coke pilot. Yeah, do no, that. No, no. Nobody made her the captain. Now she may be the captain here. I was going to say. Calls her captain for mm. sure. Just pilot. They're oh. just pilots, okay? All right. Now, they may have been captains in the Air Force before they came became commercial, but some of them never were captains. They were Wait just pilots. Wait a second. Yes. If she's the pilot and you're in the same place as her and you're a man, that means you're a manservant. Man, that, I, that I'm closer to that for sure. <laughs> Man, sir, you got that right. <laughs> those are your rules, Buck. Yeah, those are my rules. That's exactly how we're going. Uh, man, servant. Yeah. Hey, man. Um, I might have some bad news for you. What's that? Your pen pal has another pen pal. What are you talking about? There are reports that global phenomenon Taylor Swift has started a new relationship with a man. It's not named Bucky Godbolt. Well, I'm more of a, a grandfather figure to her. I'm I'm not I'm not that way with Taylor. Taylor Swift is like 30 years old. I'm like twice as old as Taylor Swift for sure, or even yeah. more. I'm like a fatherly grandfather figure to her. I was giving her advice, you know, about the world, not not any other advice to her. She's her own woman now. She's a grown up. Yeah, I think she's 33, so you're more of a father figure, I think. You're definitely you more than twice her age, but... She's just probably looking for somebody to write a song about, that's all. Well, do you know who she is now reportedly dating? Don't even say, I don't even want, I don't even want to think of who it is. Oh, how about this comment? Bucky is more of a creepy uncle to her. Yeah, <laughs> I concur, Jay Ward. Thank you, Jay Ward, appreciate that. The fact that he sleeps with that uh, picture of her signature every single night makes me concerned that uh, there's some weirdness my going on. There. My wife has removed it. Yeah, probably well, out of the house that. altogether because she. Probably. Yeah. The allegations are that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. Oh, that dude has been. Isn't he married? No. He is not married to the soccer player any longer. Or no, you're, th like, you're thinking of Zach Ertz. Oh, Zach Ertz is that's right. Travis yeah, Julie. does not have a so soccer wife. No, no, no. You're thinking, yeah, Julie Ertz, who's a member of the U.S. women's national team. Yeah, she's married to Zach Ertz, longtime okay. tight end in the NFL. But no, Travis Kelsey is single never been married. Yeah. Okay. Well, not anymore, according to the allegations. There are reports out there that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have been seen together. And you talk about power couples. That is a power couple right there. Hey, Travis, why don't you work on your knee first? Yep. And now okay, people are blaming Taylor Swift. Yeah, people are blaming Taylor Swift for uh, Travis Kelsey being hurt because that guy's like never hurt. Yep. All those exotic positions, all that stuff going on. Dude, get back on the field. Get to playing, will you? Mm. Reports are they've been quietly hanging out. Oh, so. quietly. Yeah. Now, is TMZ got a hold of this? Yep. And apparently he's been like tweeting at her, not so quietly, basically trying to shoot his shot. And 
just according to some out there, my sources, because I've got TMZ sources. Oh, yeah, you pay for them. That's why, that's why we love TMZ. They get it. They understand if you want the real information, pay for it. You're Rain Man, and I'm the founder of TMZ. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm Harvey Levin. I think that's that guy's name. They don't get it wrong. Yeah, they don't get it wrong. So I'm just saying, my people are telling me that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are now an item. So can't wait to hear the album after the breakup from her. Oh, my Can't goodness. wait to see how well he plays after the breakup. Dude, this dude. She's not, she's not an athlete. She, she's not into athletes. She's going to be into somebody with a guitar here within the next couple of months. That thing is going to be ended so quick. Mm. She's in the music profession. She's in the music world. What, musicians cross- can't date athletes? She's not crossing over. No. Crossing oh, no. over? This isn't a Bruce Caitlin situation. <laughs> no, she's not crossing to the athletic world. She's going to stay in the music world. She's going to have some dude that's got a guitar in his hand. That's not that's not working out. She, she, she's already destroyed his knee. Yeah, she did. There goes she, that Super Bowl. Hey, yeah. sorry, Mahomes. You need to talk to your boy there. <laughs> you might have lost your pen pal, Buck. So I'm sorry about that because it appears T Swizzle or T, as you like to call her, that's right, uh, is is writing somebody else. No longer talking to her creepy uncle. Can't wait for the new song to come out about. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, that'll be that'll be great. Yep. That'll be a too. hit. Hey, how about this? When's your birthday? June 29th. Uh, you got a while. Well, for your next birthday, I have found the perfect gift for you. You ready? I'm ready. I got a picture of it about to show up on your screen here. Scooter? <laughs> <laughs> it should be a life alert, honestly. <laughs> don't. Don't. I've gone through that. I refuse that. Well... Who knows? You might need one at some point. I might need one at some point. We all might need one at some point. But no, that's not what I'm going to get you. I think I'm going to get you this instead. The new Vofadis. Vofadis nuts. Nice. Available on Amazon right now from the Candle Daddy. I mean, I could have made that last Thursday at this time. When somebody, when somebody de- derobed me and put me in one of those little 90s, one of those hospital 90s, they, they got they got a whip of both of these. <laughs> uh, it was a long day before they got to me, BK. And I was I was more thinking about, dude, how, who derobed me? Who took up my off my clothes? Is that a deal at a hospital? Somebody has to do that trick. Dude, you couldn't fair. you couldn't pay me enough to no. Do that job for anybody, like not no. just for you, but like the person who did that to you, who took off your clothes and helped you get into that robe, has to do that to like dozens of people every single day. And I'm one of the clean ones. Uh, I don't know about that. No, <laughs> that was a long day. You know that, right? When that finally happened, that was towards the end of a day. Let me tell you, let me ask you this. Does, uh, did you smell like banana nut bread and a hazelnut vanilla oh. at the end of that long day? No, I was like Limburger. It was awful. <laughs> Dude, because I had to go through that for myself. I had to endure that, you know, in the bed myself until I got home the following afternoon. That, oh. that was a long, that was a lots of cheese there. 
Oh my god! Yeah, if they oh, made bro. one of these for you, the the flavors would be nut cheese and toe jam. Oh, <laughs> it was awful, BK. I was feeling so bad. I'm like, you didn't have to do this, did you? Did you do this? Did you do? I was waiting for somebody to leave me a note saying, "I'm the one. I had to." Yeah. Who do you think it was? Does that person show their face, or do they just go into hiding? I, I just I know this. When I stay at a hotel, I'm the guy at a hotel. If somebody has to make up my room. I always leave a tip for that person. I put the, I get an envelope and whether it's $5, $10 or whatever, depending on, on my stay at a place, I've always done that. Even if I stay at the night's end where the bullet holes are in the wall, somebody had to come and make up the bed or whatever. I always leave a tip in there. Should I have left a tip for that person who did that at the hospital? You think I could have, you think that would have been accepted? What kind of tip are you talking about? No, no, I'm talking about a real live monetary tip. Mm. You, are you allowed to do that? I've never okay. thought of doing that. I've always been curious about the uh, the housekeeper tip when you're staying at hotels. Yes. Do you you gave the tip right before you leave? Right. Correct. What's the point of that? Like, if you're staying at a hotel for multiple nights, shouldn't you give the tip in the middle of your stay to ensure that the housekeeper is going to do a good job with your room? Like, you if, know, if you leave the tip at the end, I get it. That's what you do at restaurants. I I, I get it. I'm not saying don't leave a tip. Whatever. But if you leave the tip at the end, you're not going to get any benefit of the tip because the person's like, oh, great. This guy left the tip, but I'm never going to see him again. So now I can't actually. No, I'm, I'm not looking. If, if my bet, if I, you know, nowadays when you go to a hotel, you if you need to be staying there for about three or four days before they actually come and make up your bed. Or you have to call them to ask to have your room cleaned. You know, if, if you see the, the whoever it is you know, manservant or whoever it is coming down the hall, you can ask for some, you can ask for some clean towels and they'll give them to you. But if you want your bed actually made up, you've got to call down there and say, can you please have somebody make up my bed? They don't automatically do that. Can and especially just, the places I stay. Yeah. Yeah. The night's in the night's yeah. in Columbus, whatever. Oh, yeah, Dude, they don't, they don't just come in. You've got to stay there for like a week before they start coming and making up your bed. I mean, that's how we are where there's not enough people that want to work these days. They don't just come in and randomly make up your bed. And I'm talking about even in some nice hotels, they're like, uh, you got to be here like a minimum of about three or four days before they come and make up your bed. Mm. I mean, do you make up your bed every night? I mean, do you change your sheets every night? No, you don't. No, they, I don't change how my they, sheets. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's how they yeah. – <laughs> I know you don't change your sheets. You just flip it over to the other side. <laughs> no, I don't I change, change my them. sheets every night. I, I change them once a week. I feel like I change them more than most people do. And that's true. That's probably more than most people do. They won't, they don't do that. Even if you're paying that good money, they don't come in and do that any longer. You know, most places like you got to be there for like three nights or four nights before they even come and change your sheets. You got to beg them. You're paying, you know, 200, 300 bucks a night to stay there. Well, not me. Cause I don't stay at places for three or 400 bucks a night. That's not, that's not the way I roll. That's like paying for, you know, I'll pay a lot of money for jeans, but for dress pants, I have a limit on dress pants, how much I'm paying. And no, you know, I will not go to Goodwill and put on jeans. That's not happening. Cause one thing you can't do is you can't take ass out of jeans. No matter how hard you try, ass is not coming. Up. You can say what you want. You can take it to the dry cleaners, but the original person's ass that were in that jean will still be there. <laughs> It does not come out. It never comes out. Mm. You can't buy. You can't buy used jeans. Ever. Why are you? Why are you giving tips for kids on a Thursday instead of on a Tuesday? I'm not telling kids. Kids will go. They'll be. They'll be like the Russians. You know, Russians always want our jeans. 
you know, they take our ass any way they can get it in Russia. They just do that. The Russians will buy a pair of American-made jeans for, you know, uh, $200. They'll just do that. So they'll go to Goodwill and they'll buy a whole crap load of those. They you don't just, understand that ass is never coming out of the, They don't care. You just compared our kids to a bunch of Russians? <laughs> they don't care. Our they kids are care. communists. And then you said the Russians want our ass, so the kids also want our ass? <laughs> they don't They Come don't. Want our care. Kelly? What are you talking about over there, dude? No, dude. They, I used to hear about Russians wanting American, you know, hand-me-down jeans. I'm like, really? You'll take our used ass jeans and take them? For a certain uh, amount of money, and you'll pay good money for that. Here, take them all. But nope, I go to Goodwill and I see a pair of jeans. I said, "Those look nice," but I'm not putting my ass in there. There's not a chance ever. Will you buy, will you buy it as a gift for somebody else? <laughs> if you want to put yours in there, you go right ahead. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I never have. Yeah, that's one of my favorite one of your sayings, right? You can't get ass out of jeans. No, my, one of my sisters is a huge thrifter, and I I tell her that all the time. I'm like. You can't get ass out of jeans. You can buy everything else, but you buy can't. anything you want. You she won't listen. It. She won't listen to me. She's still She's still buying those jeans. No, man, of thrifting. She's like, I'll wash them. You can't wash the ass out of the jeans. <laughs> or dry. You can't dry clean the ass out of them you either. Can't. No, you can't. No, no. you cannot. Oh man, we are uh, all over the place. Before we get into Texas, Wyoming, uh, chaos theory with Wags and Rodney had a Wyoming beat writer on their show yesterday. And I uh, cut up a little bit of his audio from that show. And he kind of talked about what killed Texas tech when they lost to Wyoming a couple of weeks ago. We'll get to that in a second, but Bucky, how about our friends at covert E cave? Yes. And we'll be out there tomorrow to meet and greet tomorrow at 1130. Come join us. Casey stutter. The one and only Casey stutter will join us tomorrow and we will have food for you. We'll have lunch. Of course, Smokey Moe's will be out there. My good friend Mitch will be out there for us. And Verde's, yes, that's right. Verde's Grill will be, Mexican Grill will be there for us too. And they got a little surprise they're bringing out tomorrow. Now, you, you had the chips. You still had the chips and queso at the house probably yep. from a week ago, which is disgusting. But <laughs> they will be out there tomorrow also. And we'll be out there talking some football. Casey will talk a lot of football. So you folks that come out there, he's not going to get on the – the dry erase board. He's not going to do that like Michael Griffin did. He's not going to do that to you, but he's going to talk offensive line play. And nobody knows it better than that dude, national champion, NFL, you know, Texans player. He knows all about it. So Casey will join us. But the folks out there, they've got unbelievable service out there. Three new state-of-the-art dealerships. They got brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and of course the Ram is there too. Now out in Hutto, they've got Chevy and Ford out there in Hutto. And they've got Ford Lincoln in Austin. And we can't say thank you enough to those folks out there. They've been doing this since 1909, folks, mm. in Central Texas, serving the, uh, the community with cars and trucks. And we love them all, Dan, Mike, Stacy, the whole group. And, folks, remember this. If you need information, go to covertbcave.com. And nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Come out and see us tomorrow. If we get 40 Please people, do. we're going to be giving some stuff away. Okay. That's right. Speaking we of giveaways. We're approaching 4850. Now you're talking. We need to get to 5,000 subscribers. When we do that, we will have a massive giveaway live on this channel. And we're not just giving one thing away. We're going to be giving away a bunch of stuff as a thank you to you people. Yes, you people for showing your support. 
in the early stages of Texas sports unfiltered. Y'all are the lucky ones. Y'all are getting in on the ground floor. Absolutely. Got confidence this thing is going to take off thanks to you guys. And hey, of course, we need y'all's help to get us to 5,000. And we'll have an even bigger giveaway when we get to 10,000, whenever that happens. So keep spreading the word. We appreciate uh, you guys showing your support to this point. And uh, yeah, we're excited to pay you back when we get to that uh, 5,000 subscriber number right here on the YouTube. Make sure you download the app if you haven't done that yet. It is completely free. It's available in the App Store and in Google Play. Just search Texas Sports Unfiltered and you can find us there. And hey, you can listen to the app. Just subscribe on YouTube. And if you're subscribed on YouTube, you'll have a chance to cash in on some of those phenomenal prizes that we are going to be giving out to y'all. Yeah, All right, I'm chat. looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, looking forward, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I haven't seen Casey in a while. And, of course, the folks that come out and want to visit with Casey and come out and, and, and check out out there at Covert, 42 acres, 42 acres with three new dealerships out there. It's a beautiful place, and they've done right by us, and we're always going to do right by them. And we're looking forward to seeing, looking forward to seeing uh, that staff out there once again tomorrow and looking forward to seeing some of you tomorrow also. Amen. Question for you, Buck. No, I am not bringing in the frog piss water. That was BK's fault. He should have been drinking out of the blue tank in the garage. He could have come right into the house. If he'd have turned the corner, he would have seen bottled water there just waiting for him. He decided to take it upon himself to go frog hunting in my blue tank and opening up the little valve. I'm glad you closed that little valve. That that thing would have just kept on going. That's where the water gets filtered from the well. The well is where the frogs and the tadpoles and the lizards and everybody else. That's right. Lizzo. Alan Lizard. Alan Lizards are in there. <laughs> so oh, Lizard. Yeah. So you got to be careful in there. You can't, you can, well, the Cowboys did it. I'm just wondering if, if your body isn't hurting from drinking. Did you drink two glasses of that? Did you go one glass? Of it? I had two sips, dude. I oh. couldn't even make it through half a glass. It was a little foggy, I presume. Yeah. It was foggy. It was salty. Oh, yeah. Hey, those lizards and frogs are a bit salty down there. I saw a little little reptile leg in there, too. They don't have a bathroom in that well for the lizards. And, you know, and fish, you know, fish don't have bathrooms. They don't have little stalls themselves. They got to go somewhere. So if if there are fish in the well, that's going to happen. But did the Cowboys complain that when they cross – uh, Lake Champlain, did they did they bitch and moan about the fresh water or coming out of the well? No, they just drank it and moved on. I don't know. We weren't there. How do we know that? They might have said this tastes like shit, <laughs> but it was all they had, so they had to drink it. <laughs> they didn't have any choice. Yeah, like if I they didn't have to complain, man, they just went along. What cowboys are you talking about? Wyoming, yeah, Dallas, the, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my God. All right. Shout out real quick to our friends at 7-Eleven. Our buddy Ashish, great dude. He uh, owns and operates three 7-Elevens around Austin. You can go see him. Go to those 7-Elevens, the one on Monterey Oaks down south, the one on 360 and Bee Cave, and then the one on Lake Austin. I've spent a lot of money at those places over the years. I love 7-Eleven. I grew up getting Slurpees after Mm. school in Dallas. I've been a huge fan of 7-Eleven for my entire life. the streets of Dallas. The mean streets of far north Dallas. All right. 
Don't call it Plano. Don't call it Richardson. It's far <laughs> north Dallas. Okay, don't forget about that. Uh, yeah, 7-Eleven. They're all over Central Texas, all over the Metroplex, all over H-Town. There's one near you. Make sure you download that 7-Eleven app and cash in on the 7 Rewards program as well. It's going to hook you up with some uh, great prizes and rewards, of course, every time you go in there. Pretty cool having that 7-Eleven logo on our screen. Very grateful to them for their partnership. Still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Doc Trey to come in and let me know of my brilliance, on, on not my predictions, but what I do. This is what I do for the people. When the time comes for it to rain, I let you know it's coming within 24 hours. Still haven't heard from that guy. He, I, I heard he was bashing me on the afternoon show with you guys. He wasn't giving me kudos. He was making fun of me as if I was walking around with a, like a little lightning rod or a water vein or whatever the hell it was. I'm, I'm not into that. I need thanks. And, you know, Grant, as Grant understands, Grant understands a true weather man, not a weather guesser. You know what I'm saying? He understands that. We hear from him every, every time I get my, my – every time I not just predict. It's not about predictions. It's about accuracy, and that's what I'm about. Hey, you got to take it up with your doctor, all right? Due to HIPAA violations, I'm not allowed to I see. learn about y'all's conversations. So I don't want to get in trouble here, you know? Okay. So you got to take it up with uh, Doc Trey, who's... Yes, his little digs are not welcomed here. His little what? His little digs are not welcomed here in our, in our weather community. Got it. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk some Texas and Wyoming. Yesterday on Chaos Theory, Wags and Rodney had the chance to speak with Alex Taylor, who is a beat writer for the Wyoming Football Cowboys. I didn't, I didn't realize people actually covered Wyoming football, but there's one. Alex Taylor came on and did a great job. And Wags and Rodney asked him about that Texas Tech game. Of course, Wyoming opened up the year hosting Texas Tech. Wyoming was a two-touchdown underdog, and I think everybody and their mother knows that the Cowboys ended up winning that game in double overtime. So the guys asked Alex, what killed Texas Tech in that game? Because they were up 17 to nothing early in Laramie. It looked like it was blowout city. Obviously, Wyoming comes back and gets the win. So Alex was asked, what killed Texas Tech? And their loss to the Cowboys. What really killed Texas Tech in week one was they, they get up 17-0. So they – two quick touchdowns. I mean, they had like a five-play, like less than two-minute drive. And I think it ended with like a 40-yard touchdown pass. So they got up. The passing game was – got them up 17-0. And then they tried to go to the run game. And it didn't – like they, they just had so many drives stalled in the – I think they scored three points between – the second quarter to overtime. And that was, they kind of just went away from the passing game. So I think I, I would, like I said before, I mean, I would be pretty surprised if Texas takes that same approach where you get up early and then you kind of put it on autopilot and try and run, run three quarters off the clock. So, yeah, that's what Texas Tech did. I, I watched yeah. that game in real time. I went back it's and true. rewatched it last night. Like, Tyler Shuck put up some really good numbers against that Wyoming secondary, which I think is without question the weakness of their defense. But, you know, they got that big lead, and they just tried to run the ball a lot, and they, they couldn't do it. Like, they didn't even eclipse 100 yards on the ground in that game up there. So they took their foot off the gas. They kind of figured they had that game won after jumping out to that big lead early. And it came back to bite them. And, and what's the old adage, Buck? You let a you let a team stick around and 
oh, they're going to have a shot to beat you at the end. And that's exactly what Texas Tech did to Wyoming. And, of course, Wyoming ended up winning. Yeah, well, they felt like they after they got up that they had to start trying to be balanced. They wanted to balance their offense when they didn't need to because Wyoming couldn't cover their guys. They just should have just kept on throwing. That's that beat your head against the wall trying to be a balanced group and let your running backs and your and your your offensive line know that we have faith in you in the run game. Now, Texas, I, I, Texas has got to get after them in the run game. They've got to they got to run. I, I don't. I'm not saying they have to run often, but they have to start establishing their run game. Not for that primary game, but for for teams to come. They just got to get their 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 offensive game going in the run game. I think Texas has a better offensive line, and you know that was one of the strengths of Texas Tech was their offensive line. As a matter of fact. And, and probably their, what they thought was, was going to be their run game. But this group, we all know that they always had the tall wide receivers and they like to throw the ball. So if you're having success, why do you stop? I mean, if you're I having know. success and you get up the way they got up 17 zip, BK, and you're throwing the ball down the field, what is the reasoning for turning around? You're not going to run the clock out. Right. Not in they the first half. Cover, they can't cover your guys. Go ahead and make a 17 point lead, a 30 some point lead. And now you can start running the ball if you, if you want to work on your run game. For me, I think for Texas against Wyoming, start establishing your run game. But I'm not throwing away the passing game because I want to beat my head against the wall because I want to show everybody, well, we're going to have to run. You're not going to have to do anything. What you have to do is win the game. Yep, That's what you have to do. And if it takes throwing the ball, you know, 60 times, then you do it. I don't, ex- I don't expect Texas to have to do that against Wyoming. I expected them to, I expect them to start establishing the run game for not only in that particular football game, but for the rest of the season. I want them to do that, but I don't want them to lose the game because they're going to be stubborn and hard-headed and average three and a half yards a clip and say, okay, we had to do this. No, no, no. You have to win the game. You yeah. don't have to run the ball. No, do whatever it takes to win right. the game. That should be the mindset every single week. Of course, you, know, you, you can put your, put your runners in position that they can yeah. catch swing screens like, like they're tossed sweeps and sure. get them in space and let them go. But you don't have to run the ball. We would like to see you try to establish the run but you have to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would like to see Texas establish the run this weekend because we haven't seen it consistently enough over the first two weeks. Now, at times, they've been effective running the football. Of course, the final drive in Tuscaloosa, uh, they did nothing but run the football, and they were able to bleed out the final seven minutes and change off the clock there. So they've been effective when they've needed to be effective on the ground, but consistently we haven't seen it over the course of a four-quarter game. And Wyoming's run defense, Buck, they've been really good this season. They've given up 2.51 yards per carry this season. That's impressive. Yeah, nice to play against Tech, isn't it? Well, you know, Tech, Tech, like, yeah, Tech, is, Tech is not great, clearly, but they were solid last year. And one of the strengths is supposed to be that offensive line. Well, yeah, I say it all the time, right? Like when you're talking about a Power 5 team going up against a G5 team, Usually the biggest difference that you see between the two sides is line play, right? Sure. Like in Texas tech should have been able to assert its dominance up front in the trenches against Wyoming. And they couldn't, I mean, they averaged 2.8 yards a carry in that game. Like they couldn't get a push up front against Wyoming. So that's like, I know Wyoming's got really good run defense numbers this year. They haven't let either of their first two opponents eclipse a hundred yards in a game. But, like, it would be disappointing, even though Wyoming's defense statistically has been great stopping the run, it would still be disappointing if Texas can't assert some dominance up front and sure. be able to run the football consistently. Well, you know, you, you, I mean, your job as a, as, as a play caller is to outflank them, 
get them moving with motion. You just, it's not because, you know, team, I think people sometimes just think, well, our guys are big, strong guys. We're just going to go downhill and run at them. You, you like that in certain cases, but if you just have to outposition them, outflank them with your motions and things, you do it that way. You do it any, any kind of way you can. I mean, you, you, you can, you can settle if you want, but, and just say, our guys are bigger. We're going to double team. We're going to come downhill at you. We're going to zone at you. We're going to make one cut and go. But if you've got to counter them, outflank them, or just speed outside, you do it. That's a part of your run game. That, that matters too. When a guy goes jet sweep, that counts in the run game. Yep. When you cross sweep and you get on the corner and, you're, and, you're, and some of your guys are making big plays, that, that counts too. Because guess what? If your quarterback gets sacked, guess where that goes? That goes against your run game. People look at that and go, well, why is that? Okay, if that's the case, jet sweep them, outflank them, move them out of position so that you can run the ball, so your guys can get some advantages, and then you go on them. It's not just turn around and out-muscle teams. That, that's the way Alabama played football. That's the way Alabama, the old Alabama used to play. We'll just out-muscle you with our guys. We'll come downhill, we'll zone block, we'll make one cut, and we'll average four or five yards a clip. And then we'll wear you down in the fourth quarter because we're not going to stop doing those things. Well – they got guys on that side to lift weights and do things too. You can't, that's, that's old football. You can't do it that way now. So uh, you should be able to though. Like I'm with you. I, I don't want them to bang their head against the wall trying. If it doesn't Dude, work, I saw them against rice, what they tried. I know. To do. I, know. Well, I also saw Houston lose to rice last week. Maybe rice should replace them in the big 12. See a kooks. We're taking the owls. <laughs> that's right. Bring instead. them on. Instead. No, I mean, look, it's, you're right. Like there are plenty of extensions to the run game. And I know the screen passes don't count as runs, but to me, that is an extension sure. of the run game. So you got to be creative. Even if you are able to run the football between the tackles, you should still be trying to be creative to get your running backs, the football. In Every space. time I see a swing screen, I think of it as a toss sweep. I don't think of it. I don't think of it as a, as a, as a passing play. I think of it as just, like you said, an extension of your run game, just getting a guy out there in full speed. If they catch it, I know, I, I know the Big 12 isn't good, Buck, but or isn't great, but I'll, I'll still be a little bit worried if Texas goes through this non-conference slate, namely Rice and Wyoming, without being able to establish the ground game the way that Steve Sarkeesian Oh, this is me this week. This is all about, to me, establishing the run game. I know what they can do in the passing game. I don't, you don't even – it's not one of those deals, BK, where you have to – you got to be able to run to set up the pass deal. I don't give a rat's ass. They can just drop back and pass all day for me if they want to and get it done. They still, even though you're not running the ball well, there shouldn't be any like, well, we didn't establish the run. That's why we can go play action. No, this group should be able to throw if they want to throw. Yeah. You know, they can throw every down to me if they want to throw it. But this is their last, to me, this is the really kind of the last chance to really to establish something where they're going to have some success running the ball, not two point whatever yards a clip, but get me in the fours and fives and have some, some really big runs in front of your home crowd. So, uh, yes, this team beat Texas Tech at home. There'll be 100,000 folks here on Saturday night after this Alabama win expecting you to turn around and hand the ball off, misdirection, do some things, run jet sweeps where you – they're not expecting you to get two yards against Wyoming. And I don't think your football team's expecting that. And I don't think your coaching staff's going to coach to that manner of just turning around, as we say, and going downhill on this group. No, if you got to get them out of place, get them out of place. Be successful. Help your team be successful. You helped them in the passing game last week, and then when you needed the run game to run out clock, they did that. Yep. I'll go ahead and say this. The next two games for Texas, they should be able to run the football pretty well because 
Baylor has the worst run defense in the Big 12 right now. They're giving up like 180-something yards rushing per game, and they got bullied by Texas State. So No longer should I fear the Bear in game number one in the conference. Obviously, we're focused on Wyoming, and Texas needs to be focused on Wyoming, and we'll get to Baylor next weekend. But, uh, yeah, you're going up against a Mountain West team and then a run defense that has just been awful through a couple of weeks of the season. So get your run game going. Get your run game going. And and here's one more cut from Alex Taylor. Once again, a a guy who covers – Wyoming up there in Laramie. Um, I don't know if this is trash talk from Alex, but it's it's interesting. Like he's obviously watched Wyoming play through a couple of weeks, and once again, their run defense statistically has been very, very good. Uh, Alex was saying that he'd be a little bit surprised if Texas can actually control the game on the ground, kind of the way we want to see them. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I mean, just kind of going over what Texas has done up to this point. I mean, obviously they've really struggled at establishing that run game in their first two games. And and I don't, I don't see it getting uh, any better this weekend. I mean, I I think a lot of these players on Monday, we're talking about, you have to make these, you have to make a team like Texas one dimensional. So I think if if Texas is going to be Wyoming, it's going to be in the air. Like they have, they have four uh, preseason all conference defensive linemen on by Phil Steele, um, and I mean they have Mount West preseason defensive player of the year at linebacker, and they're 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 deep on the defensive line. So I think I would be pretty surprised if Texas is able to just come out and run for 15 yard gains here and there. Like I, I think if Texas wants to win this game by running the ball, I think that's going to be a mistake. Well, I don't give a rat's ass if they got Ray Nitschke at linebacker. I don't care. You ought to be able, like you said, you ought to be able to run against Wyoming and start establishing your run game. You're not going to give up on it. You're not going to get, because if the first two get stuffed, you're not going to say, well, that's it. I'm going to throw for the rest of the night. No, put your team in situations where you make them move around a little bit, where they're a little bit off balance, and you get your muscle on them and have your running backs go. I mean, I I believe Jonathan Brooks can have a really nice game against this group. And no, I don't know what he's talking about. Nobody's going to just try to run the ball against you. Steve Sarkeesian is not that guy anyway. So, no, he's, he's, not, going to, he's not going to bang his head against the wall uh, just, you know, just running the ball. That's not him. That's not the way he, 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 he calls offensive plays. He's not going to do that. But I'll tell you yeah. what, if they get behind you there, Cowboys, for a couple touchdowns, you're going to be begging for them to run the ball because if Quinn Ewers gets hot and this, this receiver group that – it looks like nobody can cover gets loose and all the receivers that they have, you're going to be begging that they started to run the football in Wyoming. Yeah. Look, we, we, we know Sark can be aggressive, right? He was obviously incredibly aggressive against Alabama. We know he's comfortable throwing on early downs sure. and using the pass to set up the run. And that's good. That's the way you need the offense in the year of our Lord, 2023. But I, there's a part of Sark that I think wants to establish the ground game. Now, if Texas is losing or if this game is close and the run game isn't working, he's not going to keep trying to do sure. it. But I think, like you said, a big point of emphasis for Texas this week is proving Alex Taylor wrong and saying, no, like if our game plan is to just run the football a bunch, we're going to be able to do it. We're going to be able to run for 200 yards. Forget 100 yards against this bunch. Right. We're going to be able to run for 200 yards against this bunch. I think part of Sark's game plan this week and part of his messaging to the guys in that locker room is, hey, let's let's be physical. Let's do what we need to do to get Jonathan Brooks. I don't know if C.J. Baxter is going to play. I doubt he is. We'll get an update from Sark later today. But let's get Jonathan Brooks over 100 yards. Let's make Jaden sure. Blue have a good game. Let's get Keelan Robinson some touches. Like I think that will be – you know, last week the point of emphasis was clearly being aggressive and taking some shots down the field, 
and taking some shots on early downs. I think the point of emphasis for this offense this week won't be to abandon that stuff, but it will be more of, hey, let's prove that we can be a really, really good run team so our offense looks multidimensional. Yeah, once again, run the ball when you have to run the ball. Run the ball when you want to run the ball, not have them dictate that, oh, no, you can't run the ball in this down and distance situation. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough good you know, blockers and runners to do this. No, you dictate to them, yeah, we are going to run the football. But the one thing dictate to them, we are going to win the game. We're not going to be clowning around, getting stuffed, and then trying to prove a point to you. What we'll do is we'll throw it over your head, we'll throw it around you, and we'll win the game, and you'll go home with a loss, and we'll have a win, and we'll be 3-0. and So if, if our run game isn't – we're going to continue to try to get our run game better, and if we don't, we're there to win the game. You go home with a loss, and then you can talk about how you stuffed the run game with a loss under your belt. I'd rather go and talk about how we tried to run the ball, we threw it, and we won the football game. Sure. It's, you're running out of time to establish it. I mean, I know it kind of goes game to game, but this is your last chance before you get into conference play because you do want to start to be a little bit more balanced. As you know, and you may and you may not do the best thing you do. What is the best thing Texas does? They throw the football. Well, yeah, yeah, they yeah, throw yeah. The, That's the best thing they do. I mean, right now it is. there's no questions about that. So do the best thing that you do. Try to establish your run game against this group, but don't lose the game because you're stubborn because, well, I wanted to prove that we needed to be more balanced. No, we need to win the game. We need to be yep. three and oh. A couple of texts to get into on our text line. 512-222-9328. Buck, somebody asks you, does the nut cheese come out of jeans? Oh, no, for sure. Ass and nut cheese. None of that stuff is coming in. The minute a pair goes onto somebody's body and you have a, a full Texas day in those jeans, when you take them to Goodwill, they're no longer – I mean, give them to the Russians then. Just send them to them. Don't <laughs> yeah, send, send them the nut cheese over there. <laughs> yeah, don't send them to Goodwill. Send the nut cheese on to Russia. Yeah, that's they'll for pay, you, they'll take them and they'll pay, and they'll, and they'll pay good money for that. They'll pay good, good money for that cheese oh, and in those jeans because it's not coming out. 214 number says, I've gotten ass out of jeans on 6th Street. Yeah, concur. There you go. There you go. If you're willing to take that chance, you go right ahead. That's well done. Tom McKay of AV Consultations has weighed in. Bucky, you are as old as God, so you should be as smart as him. (laughs) (laughs) And another texter says that Alex dude is smoking crack. Texas is going to run on this team. They were able to push Bama around. Uh yeah, they were at the end on that final offensive drive. And look, Texas won, and they won handily in Tuscaloosa. But yes. they weren't able to run the football the way Sark wanted to. Like Sark himself said that. So uh, they weren't able to push Bama around for four quarters. But, hey, when they needed to most, they got the job done. I'm ready to see some of these fly sweeps and, and things like that. Get okay. that little dude. Get that little freshman in the game and hand it off to him and see him go around the corner. Let Jonte cook. Let him cook. Yeah. Let him cook. I mean, get him, get him outside. You know, this is you, you you're two and oh, you're playing a team at home again with a hundred thousand of your fans are after beating Alabama. Let some of these guys, it's time for them to get off the bench and become look, become stars. And he's one of them to me. You're going to need him down the road sometime during the course of, of your conference play. He's going to make a big difference somewhere. BK, get yeah. him a little, get him a little reverse going, you yeah. know, You've already seen a few freshmen make impacts, right? Anthony Hill was huge last Saturday. C.J. Baxter obviously has had a few big carries over these first couple of games. Manny Muhammad in the secondary has made some plays at cornerback. So 
yeah, I want to see John Tay Cook get a chance. Obviously, Texas has so much talent in front of him in that wide receiver room. So Hell, that receiver, I still want to see Jordan Whittington get a chance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's obviously he's been around a, lot. a while. Yeah, but yeah. Now, Worthy and Ad Mitchell and JT Sanders to this point have put up uh, the better numbers than Jay Witt. But hey, Witt's still really, really good. And you know what I want to see? Of course, I want to see Jonte Cook. But how about Isaiah Nayor going up against his former team, right? The Wyoming transfer. We haven't seen a lot of him over the first couple of weeks. He's coming off that ACL injury that caused him to miss all of 2022. Uh, heard a lot of positive things about him at fall camp this year. We heard a ton of positive things during last year's fall camp before he got hurt. Uh, I wonder if Sark makes him a starter this week, just that you're going up against your old team, but I definitely expect Nayor to get some playing time and I hope he uh, can make an impact too. Yeah. I mean, and and the players are going to play hard for him too, because he knows he's, they know he's playing against his old team. They know he's had to sit out last year with that knee injury. Those guys are going to give it a little bit of extra for him. Believe me. And his, you know, probably last year, they will, they will give him an opportunity, and there's a little extra incentive for the, for the offensive line, the other wide receivers, and for the quarterback to find that dude. You're absolutely right. This is one of those games where, you know, coming from a different school, and now you're getting a chance to play, play and now you've known this kid now for two years. Yeah, you want him to have some success in this football game. Yeah, Isaiah Nayor. We'll see what uh, what he can do. Hopefully he gets the opportunity to make some things happen, though, on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, this wide receiver room is really, really good. And go after this group in Wyoming. Let them understand something. If you don't think we can run the ball, then fine. You know what we're going to do? How about if we come in there and block two of your punts? How about we, if we get in your kitchen on special teams? Come on. You know, we'll get in your, if, if, you don't, if you don't think we can do it this way, how about if we come off the corner and have Robinson come there and block one of your punts? We'll, we'll change your attitude about what you think and what the people around there think about how good your team is. We'll put your defense right back out there with the offense, and you'll get a, you'll get a, you'll get to have a lot of snaps against the University of Texas, I believe. So, yep. By the way, is it Nayor or Nayer? It feels Nayer. like every week that guy's pronunciation changes. It's like the Omenahue versus Omenahu debate. It's yeah, like the Ricky Williams versus Rio Don debate. You know, people aren't exactly sure how to pronounce it. And what's the wide receivers deal? What's his name now? He doesn't want to be called the. Uh, the kid that came from Georgia. Oh, A.D. Mitchell? Yes, he wants to be called Adonis or something. What, is, what, is the a, what does it stand for? Adonai. That's I, what the A is in I A.D. Deny, I, I, I deny. deny. Not I deny. Adonai. It's, it's, uh, it's God in Hebrew. Adonai. Oh, cool. You should know this from hanging out with me. What, I guess what? You, you said God is number one. Now your God is cool, I guess? No, I didn't say You're, that. you're anti-God? No. No, I'm number two. Let's always remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, Adonai Mitchell. Uh, he was awesome. Be called whatever he wants if he keeps playing like he did against Alabama. Uh, how about Craig Bull, the head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys in his 10th year there? He had his press conference a couple of days ago, and I cut up some video from his opening statement where he was talking about Texas, and he had a lot of praise for this year's Longhorn team. Check it out. Um uh... You know what? I've had a chance to look at the University of Texas for 35 years and uh, sometime coaching against them, uh, a lot of years coaching against them. Uh, this is the best Texas football team I've seen. Uh, I think they're as good as what's been advertised. I know a lot of the national writers had had really think great things to say about them. Uh, I think Coach Sarkeesian's done a great job. 
uh, meshing in with the fabric of the University of Texas. It's a unique place. I have a lot of dear friends who have coached there, uh, and Oscar Giles had played there, and I think he's done a great job with this program. They are hitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, yours is a real deal. I mean, he's as good as advertised, advertising or advertised um, great receivers, uh, people that can stretch the field, tight ends. They take a lot of shots, and they're not long foul balls. They hit a lot of home runs. Over on defense, I think their defensive front is very disruptive. They run well. Uh, they're back seven. Uh, guys tackle well. They've got great speed. They matched up with Bama and ran step for step with them. And I think we all know what kind of team that they have to go into Tuscaloosa and win the way they did. And so uh, really impressive team. And uh, I think they deserve to be in the uh, conversation of uh, the national championship. Uh, we'll get their best shot, I, I'm sure, and we're going to give them our best shot. Oh, here we go. We're going to give them our best shot. It won't be good enough, Coach. It just won't be good enough. You can keep giving that best shot, but it's not going to be good enough on Saturday. It's about, just not. How about what Craig Bull said at the start of that cut, Buck? The best thing, no. He's been watching Texas football for 35 years, and this is the best Longhorn team he's ever seen. He must have been drinking. Was he drinking the juice during that time or something? I mean, look, I, I know 2005 was a while ago, but I didn't think it was more than 35 years ago. No, Coach, no. That's that's wonderful coach speak. That's giving a lot of respect to Sark and his football team. And, and he's true on a lot of that stuff. It's not the best Texas team. And it's a team that's still trying to get better. Uh, I, I'll tell you what about Wyoming. You know, he talks about Texas and having wide receivers. I like Wyoming's quarterback. He's one of those roughneck guys. You know what I'm saying? He he stays in the pocket. He'll he'll take off every once in a while. He's a really good athlete. I'm not saying he's a great passer and they've got a great passing game, but he's a he's a good good solid quarterback. Yeah. You know that can to, that has the ability to escape. You know you get you get out of your lanes with him and he takes off. BK. He's a big guy. He'll go. He's pretty spry for a white guy, I would yeah, say. He, yeah, he can go. He He's one of those guys that don't give him opportunities to run with the ball because he's not a two-yard a clip guy. He's not going 70, but he can get your first down and keep the chains moving. Yeah, just asked uh, your mark you about Andrew Peasley and what oh, he can yeah, do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, he's, indeed. Not, he's not Jalen Milrow, right? He's not oh, that oh, no. type of explosive no, playmaker, guy. but he can't pick up yards with his legs, and he's got some moxie, man. Once again, I went back and rewatched that uh, Wyoming-Texas Tech game last he's night. He's a leader. He leads that team. Absolutely. He made some big plays with his arm, with his legs. He got decked a few times. I mean, Tech oh, yeah. had a couple of late hits against him, and he just got right back up off the mat and was ready for the next play. Uh, this guy's experienced, too. It's his sixth year in college football. He's one of those COVID dudes. Uh, he started at Utah State. This is his second year at Wyoming, but he's been around and he's played in a number of games like this over his college career. And like you said, with his legs, 68 rushing yards on 15 carries against Texas Tech. He kind of like Jalen Milrow bails on the pocket, right? Not a great pocket passer, but uh, yeah, you got to account for uh, Andrew Peasley because yeah, you uh, got to keep him keep him in the pocket and make him throw the football. Don't let him escape because yeah. you got out of your lane. He sees an opening and he can go for eight yards and keep the chains moving. He'll do that and well, he won't a, hesitate. He'll do that first before he throws it. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me, Bucket. It's the same type of game plan you had against Alabama, right? Sure. Like you wanted to turn Jalen Milrow into a pocket passer. And you did that by getting that fourth quarter lead against mm -hmm. them and obviously pushing it to double digits. 
uh, that's what you want to do with Andrew Peasley. Like you, you, Wyoming wants to run the football. They've run it way more than they pass it this year, whether it's quarterback run or traditional running back yes. run. They want to establish their ground game. They want to control the clock. They want to keep uh, keep Quinn Ewers on the sideline. Uh, if you're Texas, you jump out to a big lead early, turn Andrew Peasley into a passing quarterback, and oh, yeah. you're going to run away with this game. Yeah, I mean, you you just got to keep them so that they're not in control. You need to control – the, the the football game, Texas, the Horns need to control the game from the beginning to that fourth quarter when they will be able to run the ball. When that group on the other side will get tired of, of rushing for the pass, when they start to just sit back a little bit on their heels, now you can jam it down their throats in the fourth quarter, just like you did at Alabama. That game plan, that game plan shouldn't, shouldn't change for Texas unless they're totally down points. If, if they're up points, BK, in the fourth quarter, that's when you start putting the pressure on with your run game on a, on a team like uh, Wyoming. I mean, you did the same thing. You did that. You did that to Alabama. I think you've got the same opportunity to do it this week, but if you get up on them, it's about scoring more points. It's not about scoring less. It's not about running the clock out. It's about scoring every sh- chance you get the football. Yeah. And that's what people are going to expect here on Saturday night. They're going to expect a team there. There'll be some in the crowd that will say, I just, I'm going to wait and see when they start to let down here in this football game. This is where you, as a football team, and as a coaching staff, you come back home after a big win like that, and then you go and knock the dog snot out of the next group that comes in to your home field. You don't come in here lackluster on Saturday night in front of 100,000, and the temperatures will be down. I'll let you know that now. The temperatures will be down. Everything's good. What is down? 80s, low 80s. Whoa. You liking that a little bit? I'm liking that a lot a bit. Okay, so you come in here, and, and you bring them into town, and you smash them and send them home. And then you get ready for conference play. But you don't come in here making a bunch of mistakes. You know, they didn't do that in Tuscaloosa. My expectation is they don't come here and have a bunch of illegal procedures because they're still excited about what happened the week before. There's where your maturity of your football team comes in and your leaders come in. You can't let let that all of a sudden creep in. You'll have games where, oh, goodness, they had a holding penalty. Then they had a legal procedure. That's going to happen. It It can't be this week. Because the expectations from people, there are too many people expecting that to happen, BK. There yeah. are there are a lot of people that will be sitting there going, watch what happens this week now after they've had some success. See how they handle the success. Of course. Of course, of course. And, man, Wyoming is everyone's darling this weekend, right? Everybody would love to see Wyoming beat Texas. There were a lot of people rooting Texas uh, rooting for Texas against Alabama because people of hate course. Alabama, but people still hate Texas. So, uh, of course. yeah, everyone's, everyone's going to be uh, – well, those who have Longhorn Network are going to try to be tuned in to this game on Saturday night to see uh, how Texas deals with the expectations after what they did last weekend in Tuscaloosa. We'll see if they can uh, if they can live up to it. Um, I do wonder any Jewish players for either side who will be opting out of this Saturday's tilt in observance of the Jewish New Year. Is there is there a is there a clause in here that sports-wise God will forgive you? And can you make this can you make this time up? Is there a makeup date for this? So like a rain delay? Is there a makeup date you can get into this? Well, here's what I did this year because I care so much about you and yeah. I care so much about Texas Sports Unfiltered and all of the great people who consume our content here on TSU. I made sure that the Jewish High Holy Days fell on weekends. So I wasn't going to have to miss any shows. You know, in the past, 
I've you made sure off. that, or is that part? Is that part of the? Is that part of the scripture or something? Or you did this on your own? This is what I do. Okay, this is how much I care that I made sure I made a couple of calls to the G man upstairs. Okay, and I said, hey, let's let's get these uh, super important religious holidays to fall on weekends. I'm willing to sacrifice some football watching just to make sure that I don't have to miss any shows here on Texas sports. Well, when it comes to partaking in religious holidays, you are the king of that. You partake in everybody else's. When there's a day off, you have done that. And so, yes, it is time for you to finally to, to just do your thing. And that, that was very kind of you to do. But I know this, when the other ones, when the, when the other religious holidays come in, you'll be right in there celebrating with the rest of us. Correct. Of course. Ash Wednesday is a huge day for me. Wow. I'm going to need that day off. I'm going to need Diwali wow. off too, whenever that My comes around. Goodness. Um, Boxing day. Hello. You don't, you don't think I care about Canada? I like hockey. I want to support man, oh man. our northern brethren. This is this is what we do. It's it's out of love, man. It's not out of me. Love trying for the to people. Get, it's love for the people. Yeah, it's not me trying to get days off. It's me being a man of the people, wanting to make sure that everybody feels included. I want to I want to feel like I'm representing everybody who might be well, tuning in. I, I, I appreciate that because coming off of what I just a week of what I've just come off of you, you know, I know, and this is a very holy weekend for you coming up for you to do that isn't very important to me because I, I, I do appreciate you doing it. I know you're very much into your religion. I know how important it is to you and for you to get a rain delay or a rain date. in. that's, I don't know how you did that with the big man, how you get a rain date. in. I didn't know there was rain dates in there. I thought what is has to be. Well, Saturday, I'll spend a lot of time in the temple. I'll get there early in the morning, and I'll be there till probably 1 or one thirty, And then I'll be joining you out at Covert BK for our pregame show. If this was a day game, I wouldn't be able to make it. But uh, because it's a night game, thank you, LHN, uh, I'll be able to uh, be a part of our pregame show on Saturday. And, and then the a glorious next... pregame show it's going to be, folks. Oh, I can't wait. And then the next big holiday is next Sunday. So what? that's the day I got to fast the day I got to atone probably for working on Saturday. I, I got to apologize to the G for that one too, but that's also on a weekend. So you're, is that, uh, a you're bread day? Is that one of the bread bread days. You're just eating the bad bread. No, that's uh that's really? Passover. Okay. This is Yom Kippur. This is the day I got to fast. I can't eat or drink anything for like 27 hours. That sounds like my regular diet every day. Yeah, it shouldn't be your regular diet. That's how you end up as a transgender in the hospital. <laughs> transient. Transient. Global amnesia. Not transgender. I'm not trying to, to move over to a, an old black woman. No, that's not oh. what I'm trying to be. <laughs> All right, before we give a, a one more cut from Steve Sarkeesian, we'll give some love to a few more of our great sponsors here. SendTextTickets.com if you want to be in the building. This Saturday night to watch the Horns take on the Cowboys of Wyoming, just go to SentexTickets.com. They've got tons of tickets for you right there on site right now. And, of course, it's not just Longhorn tickets. They've got your Dallas Cowboys tickets, your Houston Texans tickets, your Rangers tickets, your Astros tickets, any sport, any team, plus concert tickets, Broadway shows. Yeah, you know that. MCL, music festival. Yes, because i got to get my, my stepdaughter her tickets to Phoebe Snow or whoever's coming out there Sunday. Phoebe Snow. No, that's way past you, Phoebe Snow. You wouldn't re remember her. I don't even know that name. I, I've got a good knowledge of music history. I have Lana no idea. Pat. Not a Lana. No, I hate her. She sucks. Lana Del Rey. There it is. 
Lana Del Rey. What does Phoebe Snow sing? Um, I would know the song when I heard it. She's, you know, she goes up a couple high octaves. It's a shitty name for a song. I would know the song if I heard it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. By the way, somebody commented earlier, does Sentex tickets have a phone number? 512-477-5300. Most of what they do is uh, is online, but if you do need yeah. to get a con- uh, get in contact with them, 512-477-5300. The, the ticket business these days is not – most of everything is on your phone, right? Is, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, online. Phone? Yeah, I, I see people going into the airport slapping their little phone thing. I use a ticket every time I go to the airport. Me too. Or maybe that's what the Delta people make me do. No, you know? every airline has the uh, the mobile boarding pass, and I just I don't trust it. Like I'm I'm old school. Maybe I'm the progressive turning into your parents guy. That's me. I'm still, I'm still printing out the boarding pass and using the uh, the paper one at the uh, at the gate. Me too. I'm not sticking my phone up there so they get all the information off of my phone. I'm not buying that. They already I, have I, all of your information, dude. Oh. That's right. I went to the hospital. They've got everything they need, don't they? Yeah, they had it before then, just to <laughs> just to let you know. Uh, also, shout out to our great friends at Olipop. You guys know I love this stuff, man. Olipop has gotten me back into soda because it's good for me, right? For years, I had sworn off soda because it was so bad for me, and I want to eat all this fast food, but I got to pretend that I'm kind of healthy, so I'm just going to drink water all the time. Now, Olipop is a great tasting soda that is actually good for me. I'm getting nine grams of fiber in every can. There's only two to five grams of sugar in every can. There are very few calories as well. I mean, this stuff has the benefits of digestive health support. Not only is it not bad for you, you're actually getting health support with Olipop. And they've got so many great flavors. The classic soda flavors like cola, root beer, lemon, lime. They've got grape. They've got cherry cola. They've got cream soda. I'm telling you. So many great flavors. It's a great tasting soda. That's actually good for you. It's amazing what my friends at Olipop have been able to pull off. Go to HEB, Target, Walmart, Whole Foods, Costco. They've got it at all of those places. You can get the individual cans. They've got four packs. They've got eight packs. They've got you covered. This stuff is legit. It is fantastic. I'm telling you, you're going to be a believer too once you take your first sip of Olipop. We thank them for joining us here on Texas Sports Un. Filtered. BK, before we get ready to go, I got to ask you about the SEC. Who is standing out in the SEC right now? I mean, Georgia hasn't, I mean, Georgia is Georgia. We understand. Everybody around the nation knows there is one number one right now, and it's Georgia. I mean, they're they're not beating the brains out of anybody. They're just they just do what they do. They win the football game. Is there anybody else right now in the SEC that's scary? Maybe yeah. how about Mississippi? How about Ole Miss? Are, are they the cream, maybe the cream of the crop besides Georgia right now? Yeah, Trey and I were talking about this earlier this week. Like, who's the second best team in the SEC right now? Because going into the year, I think people would have said Alabama or LSU, and both sure. of those teams have lost, and both of those losses came by double digits, right? LSU got pounded by Florida State, and obviously we know what Texas did at Alabama. So it's still probably one of them who's the second best team in the SEC. If you want to go in a different direction, though, yeah, Ole Miss, nice win against Tulane last week. That game was close for a while, but Ole Miss pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tennessee looked like crap for a while last oh, week yeah. against the governors of Austin P. Shout out to Adam Silver. They used to be called the owners. Now they're the governors. Uh, yeah, they, they struggled, but they pulled away towards the end. Tennessee is in the swamp this weekend. So 
Florida's not great. I'm not even sure they're good, but that's a decent-sized test for them. I, I would still go with Alabama and LSU, maybe neck and neck as the second-best team. But Ole Miss a distant third right now, just hanging in there. Yeah, I mean, you said it, though, man. Like, it's it's been a disappointing start to the year for the SEC. Like, even Georgia hasn't looked as dominant. They've no. played nobody, but – no, they look uh, weaker, understandable, after all of the guys that they've lost the last couple of seasons. They're playing but, down to their, their competition right now. Yeah, Auburn almost lost to Cal last weekend in football. I know Cal's an ACC school now, but still, that's not that's not a, a great result oh, no. for them. A&M obviously lost to Miami. Yeah, now the SEC is not is not what it once was, and hey, I – that, that's fine with me. Uh, hopefully that's the case next year, right? Yeah, like, I hope they stink next year. You're right. Yeah, hopefully Texas is as good as it is this year, and hopefully the SEC is as bad as it is this year next year. That's what we're looking for. Absolutely. Yep, yeah, but yep. there, there, there's no real dominance there. There's Like you said, there's there's one. They just keep winning. You know, as long as they keep winning, they're going to stay right where they are. But yeah. there just doesn't look like a team that's number two. I'm really surprised at LSU. I, I just – that opening game was not – what I expected. So, and yeah, by the way, I'm sorry I didn't have the kid from um, FSU in there in the Heisman race. I just don't, I just think they're going to overwhelm teams and he doesn't have to have big numbers. I just think they run them at Florida state. They're going to run it well. You know, they're going to throw it. Okay. And I don't think he's going to have massive numbers. I just think they're going to win. They're going to win the ACC. He's going to be in the thick of things, which keeps him in the Heisman race, but I don't think he's going to have overwhelming numbers every week. I think he's a really good quarterback but it has really talented players around him, you know? Yep, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, he's obviously off to a great start, and if Florida State stays in the top five, then he does have a shot to be in the mix for the Heisman Trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, is there a, a Florida State – is there a possible Florida State-Duke matchup somewhere? Yeah, we'll get that game. Um, okay. it, it's in Tallahassee. It's in October, I think, so we're a few weeks okay. away from, from getting that one. But, uh, yeah, Florida State's got Clemson. Next week in Death Valley, that's the real Death Valley, um, and then they've got Duke. Yeah, in a month or so. But yeah, my, a, Elko's done a fantastic job there at Duke. Yeah, it's they're kind of like Kansas, right? Like traditional yes. basketball power that got the right coach, and all of a the sudden they're good You're at football. Absolutely right. Like Kansas was ranked at times last year. Uh, they're receiving votes right now this year. They could be a top twenty-five team if they take care of Nevada this weekend. And obviously Duke is a top 25 team because of what they did uh, against Clemson on uh, Labor Day a couple yes. of weeks back. So, uh, yeah, it's fun, man. It, it, it like Georgia's still the best, but it does feel like we've got some parity this year in college football. Maybe at the end of the year, it's still going to be Georgia winning this thing and they're going to three-peat. But uh, the other teams around Georgia, it, it does feel like there's a lot of compelling storylines in college football here in 2023, which is uh, a lot of fun for all of us. Very interesting. Uh, you were right yesterday. Aaron Rodgers said he's coming back. He's going to be – I'm still saying he's not coming back. He said he's coming back. What do you mean he's you're saying he's back. not coming back? No. As soon as he gets in there and starts that rehab, he's going to go, no, I need to go get some shrooms. <laughs> hang out. I'm not going back on that football field. The shrooms will be a part of his rehab, I'm sure. But No doubt. He's he's getting back on the field. I love how you claim that you know Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers knows Aaron Rodgers. Dude, I make it rain. What are you talking about? What, what is what has Aaron Rodgers got to do with anything? We I remember, I'm second in command. Yep. I'm yeah. I'm the co-pilot. As Tina Turner once said, what's Aaron Rodgers got to do got to do with it? I think that was <laughs> uh 
her great song rest in peace yeah we didn't get into this uh we could talk about this tomorrow maybe our guys rodney and wags and chaos theory will, will be talking about this today but uh quite the douchey instagram post from aaron Rodgers yesterday comparing himself to batman in his comeback i mean it's we'll, we'll talk about it back tomorrow. to the cave back oh, to the cave goes aaron Rodgers. that's what he does buck great show today my friend this was a lot of fun all right, folks. Remember, we got a big day tomorrow. We got a show tomorrow morning, and we got shows all day long. But we'll also see you over at Cobert BK. Yes, absolutely. Coming up right now, it is Chaos Theory. Rodney, hold on, Wags, hold on. Don't go nowhere. I he shall rise been, again. I shall rise again. New, he hasn't even been in New York. <laughs> he has not even been in New York, and he's claiming that he's Batman, bro. You're not even in Gotham yet, dog. There you yeah. go. The I tell you, this guy. Hey, hey, Buck, Buck, don't run off. Buck, look, I, I yeah. did this yesterday. I you got, got the do, farmer. Man. Oh, that, you joined the crowd. That's Bucky. Every year, stocking stuffer from Santa Claus. Very nice. Well so, done, dude, I knew it was going to rain. You knew I it too, this, huh? I read this book, man. Every It tells you what's coming. What the hell is that thing? Oh, my God. I got the farmer's almanac, and this guy's got. (laughs) Wag, hey. Oh, no, Jeter fell. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, he he went down like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Oh, my God. All right, he falls funny. Oh, he falls funny. We got Wag standing on tables, Rodney pulling out the farmer's almanac. Chaos has ensued. Boys, boys. we're out of here. See you guys. Right on.